You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Talk about tonight's game, Indiana against Stony Brook, the Hoosiers, with uh, with a, just a great a great opening game. Man, that original intro was long. <laughs> the audio quality is fantastic, guys. Yeah, things have, I mean, things have changed. Can we go back to that? Yeah. It's oh, oh. We need to get Bob Thompson to channel his inner meatloaf <laughs> to try to get a song just as long as that intro was before. So oh the, the, the gauntlet the has goal. been thrown down. I think oh. the goal was you want it to be long, so we'd play it right as the game ended, and then it would give and then people by the time, time it to would come. Be, yes, yeah. so there was a, there was a purpose there. Big there brain stuff, purpose. Jared. Big brain stuff. <laughs> yes. There's no way in the world you remember that's the real reason after this. After this, I don't know. I know that's a reasonable explanation. It makes sense I'll, now. <laughs> All right, so yes, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how the first episode of the Assembly Call began back on the evening of November 11th, 2011, and tonight. We are pleased here on January 11th, 2024, to welcome you to episode number 1000, a milestone that we are all very proud of and that would not be anywhere close to possible without you, our listeners and our community who give our work meaning and purpose. We may have started the show because of our shared love for IU basketball, but it has endured through good seasons and bad, through Big Ten titles and Big Ten basements, because of the love and appreciation that we've developed for the time that we get to spend on these microphones with each other and with you. So thank you. Uh, And with that said, let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. So you probably saw that Nick Saban is retiring, thus ending one of the most successful runs in the history of college sports coaching. And while it's difficult to remember a time when Alabama wasn't one of the most dominant forces in college sports, the years preceding Saban's hire are instructive for IU fans who are ready for our proud program to finally emerge from this decades-long wilderness. This is the 24th season for IU basketball in the post-Bob Knight era. Interestingly, there were also 24 seasons in between Bear Bryant's retirement and the hiring of Saban. 
In those 24 seasons, Alabama officially went 171 and 105 when you factor in wins that were removed due to NCAA violations. That's a winning percentage of 61.9%. The Crimson Tide had a great run under Gene Stallings, even capturing a national championship, but otherwise suffered through the short and middling tenures of five coaches, none of whom lived up to expectations at Alabama, nor have done much of note in their subsequent jobs. In the 24 seasons since Bob Knight was fired, including this one, Indiana is 449 and 322, a winning percentage of 58.2%. Pretty close. The Hoosiers had that memorable run under Mike Davis to the uh, 2002 National Championship game and earned a number one seed in 2013, but otherwise have suffered through the up and down tenures of Mike Davis, Kelvin Sampson, Tom Crean, Archie Miller, none of whom lived up to expectations in Indiana, and only one of which has done anything notable in a subsequent job, but we don't like to talk about him. But what Alabama fans knew as they ping-ponged from Ray Perkins through Mike Shula is that winning, and winning big, was possible at their school. Not only had previous coaches proven it, Wallace Wade won two national titles in the 20s, Bear Bryant won six during his tenure, and again Stallings briefly returned them to those heights, but the support and passion for Alabama football remained off the charts even through down times. Similarly, Indiana fans have maintained the belief, while ping-ponging from Davis all the way now to Mike Woodson, that winning and winning big is possible in Bloomington. Branch did it, and so did Bob Knight. Plus, as we know, the support and passion for IU basketball remains off the charts even through down times. So what changed things for Alabama? Simply put, they hired the right coach. They finally decided to stop messing around trying former Bear Bryant players or NFL assistants, and they just went and hired the best coach in the college game, Saban, coming off his first national title at LSU. What followed will go down as one of the greatest runs in sports history, the perfect marriage between an unrelenting and brilliant coach and a school with every resource he could ask for to win big and win consistently, which Saban did to the tune of a 201-29 record and six national titles. So is a Saban-like run in Indiana's future? Almost surely not. We may never again see a run so consistently dominant anywhere, but that's okay. Indiana fans would gladly take a run merely a small fraction as good as what Saban did at Alabama, especially if it includes a banner. And that is absolutely not an impossible or unrealistic future for IU basketball fans to hope for. You just have to have the right coach and have an administration willing to do whatever it takes to win at the highest level. Is Mike Woodson that coach? We're still in the midst of finding out. He may well be. He got us back to making NCAA tournaments. He's recruiting talented players. In other words, while there are some undeniable red flags here in Season 3, there are also some important feathers in his cap, too. But whether Woody Woody proves to be the guy or not, the lesson of Nick Saban's run at Alabama is simply that IU basketball fans shouldn't lose hope, especially the young ones who only know IU basketball as a mediocre program that talks a bigger game than it plays. Given the fan support, NIL infrastructure in place, and more, this program is just waiting for the right coach to lead it out of the wilderness and back into the center of the college basketball world, much like Alabama was in 2006 when Mike Shula was let go after four seasons. It all changed with one hire, and it can at Indiana, too. All right, now let me introduce my co-host this week. Coach Tonsoni unfortunately couldn't be with us. Uh, he is covering a game for Delphi Bracketology tonight. Uh, Andy, you want to tell us what game he decided to choose over coming to the thousandth episode? Uh, Michigan State, Illinois. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that would have brought him greater joy to miss it is if Illinois had been playing the Micah Shrewsbury-led Notre Dame. But you know, <laughs> we're at a mid-conference season, so what what are you going to do? I know. I know. He's there with Brad Underwood, uh, but he'll be listening. Coach, we miss you. We wish you were here with us, man. Uh, I do have a clip of his first appearance to play for you later, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but here with me tonight, my original two co-hosts on the assembly call. 
it's hard to remember a time before Coach was part of the crew because of how much he means to everything we do. Uh, but there was a time when it was just the three of us. Uh, so let's start in Ohio with the Pete Carroll of Girls U Sports Coaching in Cincinnati, the president emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and a bracketologist who looms over all others like he's Chris Dapp's Porzingis. The best of you sports coaching, you know that we got them. When it comes to analytic trends, you know he can spot them. For first class bracketology, if you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the Andy, top, you gotta go bottoms. What is your bottoms line on the last 12 plus years of the assembly call at Indiana basketball? Who would have ever who would have ever guessed we'd been doing this this long? But uh, no, it's uh, it, it's an awesome accomplishment. Glad to be uh, a part of it from the beginning. Well, I guess not really from the beginning, uh, since I did miss the first. <laughs> you one, missed the first episode, <laughs> theoretically from the beginning. Um, but uh, no, it's been awesome, and and usually don't look at the chat too much during the uh, during the show. But it's been nice to see so many people have have kind things to say, and uh, I know a lot of the messages on the. Uh, what you posted in, in Substack were uh, were very much the same. So it's been uh, it's been an awesome ride. Not always filled with awesome basketball, but uh, it's uh, brought us a lot closer together as three people who uh, and and four people if you include Coach who never really uh, been in the same room before uh, and known each other. And uh, to think how you know close we are now, uh, despite living apart and doing whatever, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. And uh, that outweighs uh, as much of the uh, you know bad basketball as we have. Uh, you know, maybe too much bad basketball over times. So there have been some highs for sure. Uh, you know, but uh, there's been a lot of rough, a lot of rough ones. It feels like, which on the heels of uh, earlier this week, you know, kind of feels like where your mind immediately goes. But there have been uh, a, a lot of good times, a lot of laughs, and uh, so anyway, glad to, uh, you know, glad to have uh, done that with with you guys. And uh, it's been been awesome. Who knows? You know, that's I, I joke around all the time that there's like something every day that makes me feel old. Um, this was today's thing of like, holy yeah. crap. Um, it's a long time. So, um, you know, but uh, but no, it's been it's been an awesome ride. So looking forward to having a show tonight where we talk very little about this year's team uh, if everything goes well. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what could be better than that at this point. By the way, trivia question. Do you know who the coach was for Stony Brook in our very first episode? I, I know this only because you posted you, it. you told us. So I, did. I would not have I would not have known. I did not remember that he was there. <clears throat> it was Steve Peichel, also the coach of the last post game show that we did against Rutgers, which is just a funny Can we not talk about that game, please? <laughs> hey, we at least we beat Stony Brook, so we can beat Steve Peichel. We know can that. beat Steve Peichel. We, we know that. Uh, all right. Also here with me, he was my co-host in the very first episode of the Assembly Call, uh, and he's gone from being an independent journalist at Rumors and Rants to a senior writer for the Big Lead. He's also responsible for way more San Diego references on this show than anyone ever needed to hear. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle he hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. Ryan, what is your rant on the last 12 plus years of doing the assembly call? Oh, God. Um, that would be way longer than your intro. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, you look, I'm just trying to weed out East Coast bias. That's why I always talk about my hometown. Um, but no, I, I just, I was thinking about this today and being nostalgic about it. And a lot of my friends reached out personally, even who aren't Indiana fans don't, you know, watch the show um, because they just wouldn't understand uh, the references. And 
I, uh, I just, it's so surreal that we're here a thousand shows later. I did not think this would last this long. Like, I'm sorry, nothing against us, but I just, I, I never thought that we'd be doing this. And you know, the path to 2000 starts tomorrow, guys, just, you know, get ready, enjoy this tonight, but let's refocus tomorrow. Um, but I think, you know, the most incredible thing about it is we, the three of us, and then coach as well, were never in the same room for the first four years we did the show. The first time we were in the same room was, I think it was January of 2016. And we started yeah. the show in 2011. Yeah. Is it 2011? Yeah. 2011, so yeah. four and a half years, almost five years. We, and I, I remember, and I say, I've, I've told this story a lot is that I was kind of worried, like, okay, is this you know, when you know somebody just offline and then you meet them in person, you never know what the vibe's going to be. It was exactly the same. Like we were just instantly giving each other shit and, you know, like joking around like it was nothing. And I, I think that the thing that's most valuable about this is we've obviously met so many people who watch and listen and have been so kind to reach out and talk to us and tell us, hey, this means a lot to us. We really love it and and we support you guys. I mean, that's been the most rewarding thing. I think the, the other thing that's most rewarding is I've met three friends that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. I mean, even if you guys all stop listening, we're all going to be doing this for the rest of our lives. Like, you may not be here, but it's whether it's a text thread or what, we're going to be in the old folks' home, you know, hopping on and talking to each other after every game because I can't Complaining survive. about a lineup change. or I can't survive without it now. I mean, these guys, uh, truly the guys on the show have become family. So many of our listeners have become close friends. Um, you know, so this is, it's something that I was thinking about this today. It's not really our show. It's sort of your show too. And we kind of try and serve the audience. And we, and we hear feedback from you of things that we're doing that you guys are sort of like, hey, we don't like this, whatever. And we take that to heart because we're producing this not for us to watch or listen to it's for you guys. We get the catharsis of getting to do it after every game, but you know, this really is a, a partnership with, with the people who watch and listen. And uh, I don't think I ever thought it would be as, as big or widely accepted as it is. And I certainly didn't think it would last this long. And I just want everybody who's, even if you're listening on the podcast tomorrow or you're live right now, like you guys mean so much to us. And we talk about it all the time about like, what we need to do for the audience. And I think the reason there were some years where we actually in the off season talked about is this run its course or whatever, but there are always those hardcore people who are always there. And I think our, every time we would, it was usually Jared trying to quit by the way, just so we're clear. Um, but, but, but we would always come back to, you know, there's people who like count on us after the game to like, you know, give them a place to go. It's not even about what we say. It's you guys in the chat being able to talk it out and, and have that therapy session with the other people. So this just, it means so much to me as somebody calls been to become a huge part of my life. And it's, I, I also in there want to thank the, you know, wives and spouses and partners who have, you know, been attached to, to all of us that have supported this crazy passion we have, uh, because it's not easy. It's a time commitment and, and being willing to allow, you know, their partners to take the time to do this is, um, it's great of them to do because it is a passion. And when you're with people who, you know, encourage your passions, it, it changes your life. So, uh, thank you to them as well. They're the real winners. They're the real, real stars here. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm grateful and I'm very thankful and I can't, you know, wait to continue. I, I want to hang a banner, man. That's all. I, I'm the day after we win a championship, I'm quitting. It's I'm done. I'm done. It's I decided my goal is to get to episode 2,613 and then I'm out. Do okay. As many episodes as Calvert scored points and I'm gone. <laughs> 
That's it. That's okay. my goal. You'll pass we got, it off we got a long you. way to go. You'll pass it off to <laughs> Teddy at that point. I, I, mean, it's... <laughs> I know. I know. By the All way, right, so here... quick story Quick story before we start. Uh, yeah. I had said the other night that I was going to be drinking on this show. It's the first time. The only time I've ever had alcohol on an assembly call show in a thousand shows were our two live shows. Somebody handed me a beer and I sipped a beer during it, but I've Man, never if been only, one... If only I could say the same. I know. Although and I, I, have... I was... I, I did weird. ratchet that down. There was a, some of the years were uh, there was difficult. a lot of drinking I, on yeah. the early, the early I was, shows. We weren't on video. You needed a few to just get through, you know, just get through uh, your totally. thoughts and really and, get some clarity. So kudos and to I think you I for waiting this long. I think I didn't do it because you guys were. And so I was kind of like, well, somebody's got to, you know, the, the reason. Oh, yes. Because you, yeah, yeah, you got to be the adult. If anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I said you could have landed the plane if anything went wrong. Great. I get it. Right. Someone's got to jump in and host. I mean. Uh, no. Uh, so I, a friend of mine reached out and he said, Hey man, I'm really proud of you for a thousand shows. I think that's awesome. I'm going to send you something. If you promise you'll drink it on the air, that'll be the thing you drink in the air. This is a friend who is into fine wines and like, you know, fine whiskeys and things like that. He postmates me today and this is what he sent. Fireball. I can't believe Jay would do that to you. That really seems... Yeah, it really seems and harsh. I think it's it, what's really funny is I almost got out of it because I'm like I don't think I have a shot glass, so I'll just not drink it. I open my cupboard, and the one shot glass I have is one from Kilroy's that I stole in 2007, and uh, so I will be drinking on the show, and I'll be drinking. Just I'll be popping a bottle. It'll just be full of antifreeze. So, uh, <laughs> so cheers, everybody. We shouldn't expect a sponsorship from Fireball anytime soon. Basically, is uh, is what you're saying, uh, but. Let's move on here. Uh, I'll tell you real quick what we have in store. We're not going to do segments this week. It's kind of going to be a free-flowing show, as you can tell. We're welcoming in a bunch of guests. Our first one coming here momentarily. Uh, people who have meant a lot to the show uh, over the last 12 years. That's how we chose who we wanted to invite um, tonight. In between, we'll be answering a bunch of mailbag questions uh, we got from our community members, playing some old clips. Uh, and like Andy said, probably not going to talk a lot about the current team. Uh, not sure there's really a whole lot to say after the Rutgers game anyway. So we'll come back tomorrow, do the post game show and get back, uh, with the business of talking about this year's team. But I will tell you this, you do not want to miss the end. So if you have to leave early, make sure that you listen to the podcast or come back later because Bob Thompson created something special for our thousandth episode that you will want to hear. It is awesome. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. Uh, but that is the plan. Uh, so, but first, as always, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Home field apparel, the team. But instead of just talk about the presenting sponsor, let's have our presenting sponsor on here with us, the great Connor Hitchcock of Home Cheers, Field. Cheers, Connor. Connor, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks so much for like, coming on. Yeah, this is me coming off a tail of like 13 hours of work today so ryan i'd actually love your fireball right now that it tastes really like licking cool. connor don't it tastes like licking a rug burn like <laughs> yeah I, it probably loves about the taste at this point you know just gotta end the day but just but with more cinnamon line. right ryan that, that's really <laughs> yeah. what it is. more cinnamon yeah very All right, so so, here, so 13 Congrats, hour day oh no thank you connor thank you yeah of course so 13 hour day you know, you just crowned a national champion. I'm sure a very, very yeah. busy time for you. What is up in the home field apparel universe right now? Yeah, we're doing a lot of planning right now. Um, when we kick off our year, we do it. We today we had a, an offsite with five for five hours, uh, which is really productive. It was great with a lot of our marketing and design folks. 
Um, we have some remote folks too who are in for our holiday party, which nice. is tomorrow. We always do it in January because we're in e-commerce. You don't want to do anything in December, so we always put we always put our holiday party in January. So some of our remote folks were in and all got in a room together, which was a blast. And so yeah, we just did a, had a ton of planning going into that meeting, um, and then we've been working on a ton of products. I don't know if I've told you this, Jared, but. I'm actually having uh, my first kid in February, so it's wow. also congratulations, man. Hey, okay, yeah. that's Swaddle awesome. It. Swallow it in a in a soft home field apparel hoodie. That's right. Yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Now everybody keeps asking me when we're going to get onesies as a result, and I'll do it. I'll be selfish and only bring it out when it's affecting it. my kid. <laughs> so, but it's also been a lot of preparation to be able to hand off a bunch of responsibilities in February because. Chris and I co-founded Homefield together, so two, both of us leaving at the same time is yeah. uh, it's a lot at once, but it's still great. We're we're so excited. So I don't know if you saw the message that I just popped up here from Trent, who said, uh, "Connor, I just spent six hundred dollars on Homefield products for Christmas. He received about three hundred himself, wearing all Homefield gear right here." <laughs> That's right. These are our listeners, man. Forrest, his first home field order being delivered tomorrow. Hey, I don't wow, know what took you so long, Forrest, Forrest I mean, but that's fine. Better late than never. You'll yeah. love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Connor, Connor, I have a question for you. When did it, I mean, you guys started as you're proud. Like, when did it blow up? When did you really see that accelerated yeah. growth? Uh, 2020 is when everything blew up. So Krista and myself, um, you know, it, it was when I was in college at Indiana when I had the side project Who's Your Proud is when I first met Jared. Yeah. And when we first started sponsoring the podcast back in 2016, I want to say, so. 15. Yeah. And then um, Kick Was Good happened, uh, made the shirt. Uh, through Jared, got an intro to licensing actually at Indiana. And then uh, ran it as a side project for a couple of years out of our basement in Broad Ripple. Um, while we were both working full time, uh, I have no design talent, but Krista does. And so she was design, I was marketing and then home field. We launched it out of who's your proud in right. late 2018. Right. So 2020, um, there were only four of us on staff at the time, but big new Saturday, uh, through dropping all these schools, you know, the first kind of the first, uh, if you're looking at the graph, the first spike actually happened from nine Indiana, uh, which is great. And then <laughs> spike two happened uh in the middle of covid from from big news saturday and so now we have 50 plus uh members of our team uh big old warehouse and speedway that we are printing shirts out of designing their marketing team is housed there so yeah it's uh it's been a crazy journey you guys have obviously been a huge part of it we're all proud of you guys i mean like when i hear people from other schools talk about home field i'm like yeah yeah we knew them back when <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. I always right. think that's myself. I still, too. I still wear like the script Indiana shirt that was the Who's Your Proud one. I still, I still yeah, have yeah. wear. I know. So, I, and I, I it's held up, it's held up well over all these years. So there's Good. no better, uh, no better. Wear it out and buy a new one. Come on, help yeah. the man keep the man in business. It's, uh, he yeah, needs our help. I, believe me, you know? I've got plenty of stuff. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> wearing the oval hoodie. It's great. Yeah, I know. I thought about wearing that just for you tonight, Jared. Just that's why I wore it. Thanks. So that's, yeah, that's, that's why. <laughs> this is how good friends we are. Our special night. Yeah. Andy decides to mock me with his sweater, with a sweatshirt. <laughs> no, it's funny. Like I'll see someone just out in the wild wearing home field, and I want to be like. I knew him when they were Hoosier proud. That's <laughs> our friend. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and those you know, people and look, are like, please stop talking to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know you. Would you leave me alone, please? 
And it's just a great story because like all things in college sports, it was driven by Indiana football. So, you know, Always. that's that's great. Everything <laughs> comes back to Indiana football. Nick Saban, <laughs> the, the guy Nick Saban, the guy that retired yesterday, four-time Old Brass Platoon champion. That's his most notable accomplishment. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it all it all comes back to Indiana football. Oh, I'm just glad he retired to help his old friend Kurt Signetti. He'll come be a defensive analyst for Indiana. It's all it's all working out. It's going to be great. Absolutely. But no, man. Sincerely, sincerely, want to thank you for all the support over the years. It's been, I mean, seven seasons now, going back to the Hoosier Proud days. I mean, you were one of the very first sponsors that we worked with and really solidified my belief that, I mean, I want to work with, you know, people who are in the audience or who are IU people that we have a good relationship with. And, you know, and it's just, it's, we've been, we were really lucky to kind of find you and get this relationship. And so we really, really appreciate it. Um, and we tell everybody about Home Field Apparel and, because it's it's great, and it's not just that the products are great. We really appreciate how you guys run the company, how much you support, you know, just people in Indiana. Um, and hopefully, we can uh, we can continue well into the future. We just really appreciate it and you and everything Yo. that you've meant to the show. And now there's ads yeah. on my TV during games that are yeah. ads. I was like, <laughs> what are they copying Assembly Call now? <laughs> yeah, the TV thing. Yeah, we started running some tests, and everybody keeps texting me. I haven't seen one in the wild yet. I've obviously seen the ads. Unfortunately, I had to be in a couple of them that they made me be you in. You did well. They said it's part testing. Thank you. It was a long day. Uh, for those 30 <laughs> seconds, it's a long day. Um, but, well, if you ever need anybody, we'll take your place. You just, <laughs> yeah, we'll stand great. in for you. That'd <laughs> be great. But no, I thank, thank you guys. Um, for those listening, um, I get an, a view of like every college fan base under the sun based off of my job. Um, and we'll go and we'll sponsor other podcasts and get a view into to every community. Of course, I'm always going to be biased to IU, but there are very few communities in particular, uh, and I say communities, not like listenerships, but communities like you have with Assembly Call. It takes a lot of time, and it's organic growth year over year over year. And it's actually the success we initially had and, and continue to have partnering with you guys and um, with everybody else in the Back Home Network but particularly starting with assembly call is that there is a community that you have built and we have taken an approach of someone coming from advertising, you know, the traditional route is I'm just going to pour a ton of money into ads. It's personal, whatever I get back in $1 in $3 out. Um, the community-based advertising is a lot more uh, sweat equity in one regard, but the word of mouth um, because, you know, friends tell friends or family members, uh, it, it's more meaningful and there's there's far more of a connection and college sports are so personal, right? And that's actually working with you guys and seeing the initial success has been our foundation uh, of going to other fan bases, right? We we aren't just looking at numbers of listeners, which by the way, for those listening, they have one of the highest listened to fan base podcasts in all the country. Um, that's not no small feat, but it's also a really engaged audience that is listening, not just for insight of your guests but for you guys and because the community connection you built so you guys are very humble about that but for your listeners so you know you may feel like you have a good connection with them and that's cool that's not very common with most podcasts so it's not just longevity of a thousand episodes it's not just how many listens or downloads but you guys have built a really cool community that makes the indiana experience uh, communal in and of itself so i just wanted to say that because it's true and uh, it's helped form what we look for when we go to other fan bases so. Thanks, man. Really Thank you. Yeah. That. 
It's yeah, very thank nice. you. Of course. And now that we got Forrest to order, I think that officially makes everybody who's ever listened to the show's order. <laughs> we got so him. We're good. We got him. <laughs> by the way, he's he's just saying nice things because Coach pays home field's rent, by the way, with his orders. <laughs> Coach said in the no, chat he hasn't ordered in two weeks and he's going through withdrawal. So. I'm very proud of you, Coach. I actually, in your case, I want you to not order. For Calm me. down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is actually your intervention. You're just not here. It's uh, <laughs> Connor, are you going to be, I know you got the, the kid on the way. Are you going to be mm-hmm. in Bloomington when we are? Um, what remind me of the day? February, because, February 3rd. Oh yeah. No, that's yeah. Uh, within, a, within 10 watch. days of the due date. Yeah. No way. Totally understand. Uh, <laughs> I will. That, be, that barely ranks above the live show. Barely, Just but we'll give it barely. to you. Yeah. You know, funny enough, I was at the live show before the world ended. Uh, I remember when we lost to Purdue. Uh, yep. on that Matt Harms uh, tip. And then I believe we had live guest Christian Lander at that show. Is that right? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, several guys who have since transferred were there. Yes. Yeah. Who's your legend, Christian Lander? That's right. uh, but <laughs> yeah, we uh, then the world ended a few weeks later. So it did. Yes. It's crazy. It did. I may have been patient zero to India for Indiana, but we'll, uh, oh. we'll discuss that. We'll discuss that another time. Oh, okay. The authorities are all the stories tonight. Currently. <laughs> Okay, well, Connor, man, we appreciate that. it. Everybody go to homefieldapparel.com, promo code HOME23. That one's still live. Are we changing promo codes at any point? Just keep going Josh HOME23? Oh, yeah, at some point. Okay. Yeah, so just stick with knows. HOME23. T- I was talking with you. <laughs> for now. That's any, uh, anything, anything new that IU fans should be keeping their eyes out for, other than the onesies, of course? Yeah, so we will be having an IU refresh here. Um, okay. and it, actually, in... February. Nice. It's got Perfect some men's timing. basketball pieces. It maybe there's something we've worked on with head coach Terry Morin about one of her famous phrases on a shirt. I don't know. Ooh. Whoa. Um, okay. So I would be tease. on the lookout uh, for something like that. Maybe something that has a uh, reference to a famous basketball gym on campus that is not the Simon's Gun Assembly Hall. So okay. I'll just. Uh, and that is how you tease, ladies and gentlemen. There it is beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Hey man, the business stuff is great, but congratulations, personally. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. For you. I appreciate it. Very that very excited awesome. uh, to throw my child into being um, an Indiana football in particular fan. Um, that's a life of your child is only going to know Kirk Signetti. To me, that's it's, right. Yeah, he's only going to know Rose someone Bowl. to suffer alongside <laughs> you. It's going to be great. He's being born into the new era. Well, hopefully it's a much more Absolutely. fruitful one. He'll only learn of the other stuff by legend. Let's hope. Can't go down. So no. <laughs> only up. <laughs> Connor, thanks, man. Sure. I know you had a long day. Really appreciate you coming and checking in. We appreciate it. Good luck in the future, and we'll continue supporting you as much as we can, always. Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate it, guys, and congrats. Huge accomplishment. Really proud of you guys. So, thanks, right. man. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. All right. The See great ya. Connor Hitchcock, ladies and gentlemen, Home Field Apparel. Make sure that you go to homefieldapparel.com, use that promo code HOME23, get 15% off your first order. Uh, and guys, I think we have another guest uh, who is here. But uh, to welcome her, we have to play her music. Got to play the Queen's music for her appearance here on the Assembly Call. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tax Megan, otherwise known as Megan Mahaffey. Awesome to have you here, Megan. Thank you, thank you. I know this is a busy time for you, so we appreciate any time that you can carve out for us, always. 
you, when you do things nice and late at night, that's that makes it easier for me. <laughs> Is it your so, busy season? I think you've mentioned that before. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. And we talk about this every year when we try and set up these ding dang meetups on the second of February. It was the, it was literally the only weekend we could do it this year. Check I know, I know. Like, that I immediately the Big Ten. The schedule you know, and I, that, like that was a tweet that we shared almost right out of the gate that I was like. Ah oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> absolutely horrific choices. To, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ryan, Ryan's given us an explicit rating now for two weeks in a row. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is your first time coming on as a sponsor. Now that Jackson Hewitt is sponsoring is. the Inside yeah. the Numbers segment, you smartly have your, you know, the little sign do back need, there. Which do is I wonderful. need to get one of those signs behind me? Is that what we need to do? <laughs> we should. You let me know what size you need that in, Ryan. I, I, I will take room care right of that. here. All right, so. Now the reason yeah. the reason why we want to bring Megan thermostat on, apparently where you can it's fine. Right, I get. I I am here to turn up the heat. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why we wanted to bring Megan on is, I mean, back when we first started and no one knew who we were and there was no one listening, Megan was one of the first people, maybe the first. And so to us, you know, you've always kind of represented the audience to us. And the relationship that we've built with the audience and really what's so meaningful to us, which is that so many of the people who have come to the show have come due to word of mouth because people like you shared it with others and became loyal listeners and were here in the chat and come to the meetups. And, you know, like Ryan said, I mean, I think the show probably would have ended a while ago if it wasn't for that. That's what always keeps us coming back. And, you know, to us, you are just the personification of that. And so we just wanted to very publicly thank you for all of that because you and all the other audience members that you represent really are the lifeblood of this show and what drive us and what motivate us. So thank you for that uh, and for bringing your mom to meetups because she is awesome and also Our a favorite. very important part of the audience. Yeah, <laughs> she is, and she, I mean she's she's why I'm she's why I'm a Hoosier. Like she's she is mm-hmm. why Indiana University is what it is to me. Um, and, and to me, I, and people like your remember, mom like, are the fabric the of the guys. fan base to me. Sorry. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, like, it was one of those happy accidents way back in November of 2011 when I stumbled across you guys in the first place. And um, like, I was new to Twitter and we were, we, it was just a Twitter thing. And, and it will always be Twitter for me. It's, I don't of course know what you want to name it, yes, but that was where it was so like it, the the connections that we made and like i can easily say like at any point in time i could text any one of the three of you and i know that you would immediately respond and like yeah. if i needed a thing and so like it, while this has become kind of a it, like obviously it built here like i'm really grateful for the friendships that we've but there's so many people that i've met here and so many people that i love and the chat mob is fantastic and like this is this is home for me, so I'm I'm well, really grateful for the back home network to be my home. That's well, that was one of the inspirations for the name right there. Is that very feeling? But it's it's funny. That's Megan, why you, Scott shortens it to just he that. Just calls it home, <laughs> so it makes it obviously make a lot more sense. Scott doesn't when... count. <laughs> Scott doesn't count. Well, like Megan, I told you guys before, right? Like Scott was Scott and I graduated together. I didn't. Know Did that. you really? I've known. I didn't know that? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, this wow. needs to be an really? off-season episode. I think. Yes, it does. <laughs> Jared, mark that down. Okay. That was my the high Scott school class show. president, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. No, Megan, I, it's so funny because 
we're roughly the same age, but it's always felt like Tonsoni, you know, coach is the dad and you're the mom of the like chat mob <laughs> and, and, and sort of over the show, like you guys will set everybody uh, in line and you know, I will turn this car around right now. If you do not behave, it's, it's very <laughs> much that. Yeah, no. And, and do not make me pull this over, Ryan. You've done that to me several times. You've said that. And you know what? You're, you're always right. I'll give Mm -hmm. you that. But no, I, uh, um, but I think that you uh, also represent what we, what I talked about in my intro is just like, there are friendships that are way beyond this. Like, I mean, I have friends who have had radio shows for decades and the, the disconnect between them and their audience is huge. Some of my friends have great relationships with their audiences and all that, but like we've, our audience feels like family and friends and, and we're so lucky to have that. That's not because of us. That's because of them, you know? And so we're just three guys who get on and talk and the relationships that have been created between all of you guys. And then when we've come to town, getting to be attached to that is just amazing. And I think one of my favorite stories about it is we don't get to see that impact very much in le- until we go there, you know, and I will never forget the time that we were at one of the meetups and you were just pulling people over to meet us and they were excited to meet us. And I was like, why are you excited to meet us? Like, you know, like I've never seen you before. And it's like, he, I, I said that to somebody, he's like, I've seen you. And I'm like, right. Because of the YouTube thing. Great job, Jared. Like, it's <laughs> you know, and and so just having you uh, be a part of this from the beginning, it's you were one of the 10 people who were listening regularly in the beginning, and uh, we'll always be grateful for that. And not only that, Megan was one of the people who called. So one yeah. thing that has really almost been forgotten is when we originally launched the show, one of the reasons it was called The Assembly Call I is we forgotten. wanted to take callers. I cut it out of the intro, but I even say in the first show, like, this show is dedicated to the callers, and if we have enough callers, we don't even need to talk. We want to get your thoughts. <laughs> For a variety of reasons, we realized that didn't really create a very compelling show, and so we went away from it. But I do have, Megan, I do have your very first appearance on the assembly call. Did you find it? I did find it. It is from the NC State game in 2011, which I went back and listened to that show. Wow, and the what very a great first game sound, that was. That was an amazing game. The very first sound of that show is me just like making this awkward scream sound because I was so excited that we had won. And I did it several times through the intro uh, as I paced around my, my apartment by myself. But here, Megan, is your very first appearance on the assembly call. Here we go. Yep. Okay. Let's go back to the phone lines now. We are, uh, we got the 323. You are on the air. What are your thoughts on tonight's Hoosier game uh, victory over NC State? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that that's maybe me. That is you, and who do we have the because, pleasure of speaking Because to? you are surely the only one. Tax Megan. I'm calling from my Skype, so I don't know what number it's calling from. Supposed to be I was just trying to listen. Uh, yeah, I was we got at a free the game, three and number, I, but Tax I Megan, our ladies and gentlemen, this is... The broadcast Wait. on my way back to my car. Yeah, so the way that this and Jared, works with like, blog... pulled me in. I'm yeah, not with really blog talk trying, radio, I'm not trying if, to talk radio, if you couldn't listen on the internet, you could call in to listen. But that would come up... And it would be someone that we could then punch through. Yeah, you couldn't tell the difference between who was calling to call in and who was calling to listen. And we didn't have a call screener. They had a call screener. Well, Isn't we we, we added Jared one was later. the call screener. Yeah, we I, added one I later. I that eventually, I think. He yeah. did. I would leave the show, try and screen the call, or just do it live if it, were, if it was only two of us, because I couldn't. So... No, there were times you were like, hey. I was just trying talking, to listen. I need to screen this call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would just be like, and they made a shot with... 12 and we didn't have like the stats we have now and stuff so you're just no. like kind of working off the ESPN thing. I mean oh yes. man 
how did this show survive, guys? How did it survive those early years? <laughs> because we fought through that. It's true. Well, no, you know why it survived? Because the two first years were really fun. They yeah, were great they were. basketball. <laughs> Those were, you know, outside of the 2016 team, the 2000, the 2012 and 2013 team are the two best teams we've had the pleasure yeah. of covering. So that's 100%. one reason why our 11th show was the watch shot. So I'd say we were pretty excited at that point. Did you pull that, that audio? I didn't pull that. We've played that before. Um, oh, if yeah. If anybody okay. wants to hear that, I can play it. So I definitely it. just, called in for that one. Yes, you did. Yes, you and did. You were the, the, you were the co-host, essentially. Because <laughs> yes. No, I didn't call in for like an hour. Like, because, so the watch shot falls right in the middle of, my mom's birthday is December 9th. My husband's birthday is December 12th. So on December 10th, we ordered a bunch of Chinese food and hung out in my mom's basement to watch the game. And mom yelled loud enough that was the one where she blacked her own eye she like literally blew out blood vessels under her eye screaming at the game and i feel like there was yeah i mean she's the queen like we can laugh about it and i may show i may show up at upstairs with a with a crown because i might be shopping for a tiara um (laughs) it's fault it's not my fault and i will make sure that i make that work out of the budget because there's things but um (laughs) But she literally blacked her own eye yelling at the game. And I, according to tweets that I was researching earlier, I think I was I was over an hour before I finally called because poor Jared was just floundering on his own. And none of us could speak English that day. No. Like we all were just. Yeah, Andy, I think, Andy, you called in later, right? Didn't you call in at the end of the show? I called in later because I got stuck at work. So we had like a software installation that day. And it was like, if everything went well, I was going to be fine to be able to go. Well, as was often the case, it did not go well. That was an eventful day. I I listened to IU game on my phone. That was also the uh, Xavier UC brawl game. Oh, that's right. Dip them up game was that that same day. And uh, yeah, so I, I listened to it on my phone while we were waiting on people to fix stuff so we could do whatever. And then... Um, but it was such a lag on my phone. So my wife called to like, tell me that they won. And I go, I'm going to hang up so I can listen to Don Fisher call the end of the game. But then the funny thing was like, I made a point to listen to that. And I swear that you asked me like on the show, like, Oh, what did he say? And I, I pretty sure I butchered whatever I thought that he, that he said, it was just so exciting. But I, you know, I went home and watched it after the fact, but yeah, you didn't have hardly anybody else. And so I just called you, I called you while I was driving home to talk about a game that I had not actually visibly seen one second of. I was, yeah, I was, I was in a so. I was in a Chicago hotel room, like with my girl, then girlfriend. Easy, watching easy, it. easy, yeah. easy. Hey, it was a good day. I mean, I can't. What a, it was a great day. Great Dre. She's a fine I, lady. I mean, he started. I mean, Ryan, in the last two episodes, he started Your swearing. Your mother now is he's, listening. Now he's now he's drinking. Get a little bit of fireball in him. Yeah, and he it's is just like, geez. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, I've, told that story. I've told that story a number of times, completely sober on this show. So, uh, no, we I like nothing. Nothing nefarious was going on. We were watching the game in a hotel room, but um, yeah, no. And I remember we turned we turned on. I was like, I have to hear what Jared's going to say because she knew Jared as well. I have to hear what Jared, and he was just screaming for like the first five minutes. Really? I was like, it's going it to be a good show. Okay, let's uh, let's go to dinner. Yeah. I tried to hold my phone up to the TV to like li- to have the interviews play, which, you know, well, which I mean, didn't make any yeah. sense whatsoever. So I think, okay, I, I think we have another guest on. Chronic, are you here with us? I am here if you can hear me. We can hear yeah. you. Yeah, it wouldn't. It didn't pop your uh, your video on, but you're here via audio. I think, am I recalling correctly? Because I know... One of the reasons we wanted to have you on here, first of all, is because like Megan, 
you were one of the first people with a platform who kind of noticed what we were doing and shared our stuff and helped, you know, drive uh, audience members to us. And so the very first thing that we want to just say to you is thank you for all the support that you gave us at the beginning, the support and friendship that you've given us in the time since, um, you know, uh, we started out with nothing and no one trusting us. And so when people like you shared what we were doing, it really made a big impact. So before I talk about that, I just want to say thank you because it really has meant a lot to us. Hey, I want to thank you guys just for everything that you've done over the last 12 plus years. Um, I, I know as someone who has at times been quote unquote, very online in their lives, uh, it's, it's, it's a grind. And as an Indiana fan who is also very online, um, it, it's almost like being in a death cult. So uh, I, it, it, seriously, though, it takes a toll, uh, both in time and resources and in uh, your soul. <laughs> you know, it really consumes you. Um, so it, it's I've I've stepped back. Uh, I'm not nearly as online as what I have been. And I feel healthier because of it. Um but I've still appreciated from, from day one. My first show was December 10th, uh, 2011. I called you from the parking lot. That's right. Uh, after the walk, right. I, I didn't know what to do with my hands. So I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to dial this number. I saw I retweeted, but I, I remember when you had first, uh, discussed what you guys were trying to do. And I thought it was just the coolest idea because that's, that's the very reason I got online to begin with was to talk about this thing that I love with people that I'm close to who also love Indiana. And, you know, for me, it was going to grad school in Portland, Oregon and being away from all of my Hoosiers. And I, it just got me online. So the you know chat rooms and Twitter and everything else, I'm like, this is such a perfect space in the community for immediate post game. You know, I've been doing this in bars for decades. Um, after the game, you just, everybody's got a soapbox and everybody has a chance and you leave, um, you know, feeling like you went through it together. And it's just amazing. The community you guys have built over the time. I kind of feel like there should be a token for this, for everybody who's, who's listening or participating. Cause this is less of a, a, a you know, a sports community as it is really a support group. Like we are Hoosiers <laughs> Anonymous, so true. honestly, so and you guys true. are the ones leading the meeting uh, a thousand times now. So mad respect for you all. Uh, appreciate not just that you do it, but you guys bring great insights and and perspectives. And, you know, without getting too, too cornball on you, you guys just uh, represent some of the best of what Hoosiers are. And I appreciate that uh, more than you guys will ever know. And the fact that we're even here doing this now, like, again, you know, uh, a dozen years later, it's just a testament to uh, just how cool and how powerful uh, IU really is in a lot of our lives. Yeah, I I think it's it's it. What's crazy is that I had followed Chronic for a couple of years, and I remember one time I walked into Nick's and he Chris Corman's exit interview. You, you he was having. I walked by and I saw Corman. I knew Corman was leaving, and Corman and I knew each other a little bit. And I I shook his hand. I'm like, hey, Chris. He's like, hey, this is a uh, this is Chronic. Who's here? I'm like, I was like. I froze up because I followed you for so long and it was like early Twitter days, you know? You've got to realize too, I was exposed at that point. I was out in the open and I knew I was like with a Mark guy that everybody knew and and I'm sitting in the highest traffic corner in the building. I was like, this is going to go so wrong. Oh, and by the way, we are cross-eyed drunk. 
Yeah, no. And and the other thing is, I didn't know, I knew your avatar wasn't you, but I didn't know you were a secret yet. So I didn't like ask your real name or anything. Oh, like, you I knew just, that the picture of young Bob Knight wasn't him? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I had my suspicions. Uh, but, but I, so I, you know, Great I detective you. work there, sir. I, yeah, you know, Ryan was, always with we, we were at Nick's. Come on. But I, uh, <laughs> I, I I shook your hand, said hi, whatever, and then I sat down. And I'm like, oh shit, that's that guy I've been following and like love his stuff. And so when you finally came on the show, it was like a huge deal that like we got missed. It was like Mister IU online at that point it was like a huge deal to us. Um, and so having you on was so great. And then having met you in person and everything, and I still will not reveal your name. Don't worry, even though I've had some drinks. Um, but but no, like getting to By the know way, you. How do you make it this long doing I, what you do? I, oh, watching so much IU and not having any alcohol during a show. It, it honestly, it almost became a thing kind of like not hosting that I would not do it. Now I have offered, by the way, just so we're clear on this thousand seven, I have offered to host the live show on February 3rd, but the others seem kind of reluctant to that. Maybe I'll, I'll screw it up. I don't know, but, but no chronic having you on was such a big deal for us, especially early on to like get that, you know, recognition and validation. And uh, you've been a friend of the program for so long and, and just such a great guy to us. So we, we, Totally appreciate everything you've contributed. You guys are making me blush. Also, another claim to fame for Chronic. So, by the way, I have Coach's very first appearance on the show later, which we're going to play. Do you remember the very first time Coach hosted a show by himself? I don't. I I don't remember what I was doing. I wasn't available. So, Coach hosts the uh, episode of Simlicar Radio by himself, and the two guests are Chronic and Galen. Wow, oh, I do remember this. I was, I was half like Mr. drunk that night too. That's, that's like Mr. IU and Mr. IU too. I know. And, and Coach Tonsoni. Only thing he could have done worse was set him up with Ryan and Scott, like some of those uh, <laughs> oh, those like horrible. rewatch shows that we did during the during the pandemic. I was like, man, can we do we have to have these two on together? Can we really? Yeah. But what to. a true test for for Coach, like on his first show, because Galen and I will absolutely steal the microphone and never yes. let you have it again. We'll just go. <laughs> Uh, that's just the way it works, and that's why I love it. Um, but no, he had a he had some real wobbly training wheels that night. I do remember this. I was sitting in the <laughs> chair, as a matter of fact, that I am right now. Yeah, he we we even put it up here. He said he and I were reminiscing about it yesterday, and he was talking about how nervous he was. He, I watched it through. He did a good job, Coach. You couldn't fine, even really tell probably. that you were that nervous. Yeah, you were awesome. You were awesome. Well, Chronic. What are your? How are you feeling about things right now? I Man, I know we don't want to spend too much time talking about basketball. Sorry if that question kills the mood. Uh, but you know, it's it's funny though because as long as we've been doing this, three escapades in a Chicago hotel room. <laughs> We're kind of off the rails here, boys. I mean, it's it, it, it IU fandom is so cyclical. You know, it's like that meme that, that you get your hopes up and then, and then, you know, you get let down and then you start thinking maybe it's going to work out. Then you get your hopes up and it's, it is what it is. It is, it is a death cult, uh, especially on the football side. Um, but no, it's, it's been such a roller coaster of a ride. And I think that's one of the things that's, um, that's kind of been frustrating for me and on personal level is it, it is kind of becoming a bit of a broken record. Um, as far as the excitement, the, you know, the, the progress and then the stall and then, you know, having dealt with it very online, you see all that energy start to turn to the dark side. And, you know, yeah. if you've ever been in assembly hall, I was there for the chair. 
Like it's the, the darkest energy I've ever experienced in my life in person was in a basketball gym and it was hate that was palpable. Um, but the online version of, of whatever that is, uh, it, it gets really tough. Um, so it's one of the reasons I've kind of stepped back because, you know, knowing that football's kind of had some struggles and, you know, for several years in a row now, um, basketball, it just got, it, it kind of felt like we, it was just a broken record again. We're doing this all over. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult to get a majority of support for anything in Indiana. Um, even when you do the plurality that's opposed to it will be vocal and, and very forceful in the conversation throughout. And, uh, it's just tough. And it feels like we're kind of there again with a lot of folks questioning direction and, and, and all of that. And it's like, man, can we just move past that stage and get this thing right? Cause like Ryan said, uh, I'm, I, I'm here for banners. I mean, I literally, one of the reasons I, I started doing Twitter because every morning, you know, it's game day, bitches. I'm excited. I'm excited that we get to watch Indiana play today. I get to go experience this thing with my family or my friend. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, but at the end of the day, it was all about banners. That's the reason we play. Um, that's, that's supposed to be the standard. And it's one of those guys that was kind of a, a you know, a traditionalist. Uh, and when the community first started, kind of felt like I always had one foot in, in on both sides of the door. Uh, as a progressive purist when it came to my my, my views on Indiana. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you hear it in every press conference whenever they announce anything. We're Indiana. We feel like we're a blue blood. We're going to commit resources like a blue blood. At what point do we start winning like a blue blood? You know, and it's just, uh, I don't know. I feel like we are kind of right back in that same position uh, that we've been in together, uh, you know, several times now. And it would be nice to move past that and maybe hang some curtains. It would. Well, hopefully Indiana can get back on a winning track tomorrow uh, with the Minnesota game, and we'll we'll see what happens there. But, Chronic, we really appreciate you uh, coming on. I know it was a short segment, uh, but a very esteemed former audience member would suggest that if it's a short segment, we should just refer to it as a Rick Patino segment. I feel hate about this, the Rick Patino segment, because it comes and goes before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick shout-out, though, before I jump off. Sure. Talk about this community being full circle. Um, Connor. Uh, and just what an awesome synergy you guys have had together. Um, Jared, I don't early on, I mean, way back who's your proud early on, yeah. uh, we were talking, we had a sideburn like, Hey, this guy is trying to find some help. Do you know who he could talk to? And I happen to know somebody that, that works in that area. And I was like, absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, because he was getting shut down every time he'd throw a new link up, uh, just because of all the licensing requirements and whatnot. And not only were they able to get together, they're, they're, they, I mean, they're the reason we're all here right now. They're the reason we're all wearing what we're wearing. I have the uh, red script, in, by the way. Nice. But just amazing testament to what those Hoosier connections can do, not just in the, the online world here, but in real life. Uh, and it's just an incredibly powerful and awesome thing. And I'm just so, so thankful to be a part of it and have gotten to know all you guys through it. So thanks for having me on now that night, uh, in the parking lot after Kentucky and every time in between. We love you, Chronic. Appreciate it. We do, man. We do, man. Hopefully we'll see you up there in February when we're up there. You will indeed. And Ryan, you will be drinking on the show that night. Oh, hell yeah, I will be. (laughs) Not if he's hosting, though. Not if he's hosting. Well, I can have a beer then, and then drink after. It's... Well, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll bring the tokens. <laughs> the, yes. <laughs> we survived a thousand episodes. For every episode you guys have done, I've done at least 
2.75 handles. So we're all lucky. <laughs> You're the alive. real champ, buddy. We're all <laughs> lucky champ. to be alive. You are the champ. Thank you, Chronic. Thank you for everything over the years, man. We appreciate it. Hey, have an awesome one, guys. Thanks so much. Later. Thanks, man. All right. The great Chronic Hoosier. The great, and look, you know, there, there's a lot of people, um, you know, we, we didn't have endless time tonight to invite people, but there are a lot of other people that we can invite. You know, someone else that I really want to take time to mention is Alex Bozich and Inside the Hall. Yeah, uh, and Rick. really probably, well, yeah, Rick, I mean, Rick for sure. Rick's been an incredible guest, an incredible resource to bounce ideas off of, you know, but Alex, you know, he, like Chronic, early on, he kind of noticed what we were doing and, you know, would retweet the show and send people our way. And then he and I got to know each other because the business I was a part of at the time, we had a hosting company, uh, web hosting. And so we ended up hosting Alex's website inside the hall. And so he and I got to know each other. And when, who was it? Who was hosting podcast on the brink before? It was Matt Dollinger and, oh God, I'm blanking on the name, but it was Matt Dollinger and someone else who... Uh, oh, hosting... I was saying it. I was saying I was trying to buzz in, but I my it was on mute. It was Greg Rosenstein, wasn't it? Yes, Greg Rosenstein. Yes, that's who it was. was. So they were hosting podcast on the brink. That, and... That's the kind of stuff I can remember. You could ask me what <laughs> I did like <laughs> thirteen hours ago, and I wouldn't remember. But that's that's why you're here, Andy. It was really funny. I was listening to the very first show that you were on, and within like three minutes, you're like telling us stuff about Chattanooga and Stony Brook that no one else would know because you had the insight on it. That's you know, that's just the the greatness that you. Provide. His kids were younger. He had way more free yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably true. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they left the podcast and Alex was looking for someone to help him host it. And so he invited me to help him. Uh, and I think, you know, of all the things that we've done that have kind of helped us, you know, bring in new people to the show, that was really helpful because Inside the Hall was already one of the most respected sites yeah. out there, for my money, the most respected site, um, and had a big audience. And so for us, it was big, you know, to have one of us get in front of their audience, to be able to tell them about what we were doing and then have people come over. Um, and so, you know, the relationship that we've had with him is just unbelievable. And he's not usually available at night. He's got kids and stuff. And, totally. um, you know, no, so he Alex... wasn't able to come tonight. But a huge, huge thank you to Alex, who has meant so much to what we do. Alex is such a, like, outside of, you know, the IU basketball thing, Alex is just such a great dude to sit around and talk basketball with or life or whatever. I've always loved getting to see him. I graduated with his sister and we were friends in college and, you know, getting to know him and Rick, you know, in the sports world after has been so rewarding. They're both just such great guys. And, and Alex has of course been a huge help. And, um, you know, I like, honestly, I'll say this, like, it's not even, you know, there are guys who have helped us tremendously. And Alex, Alex is one of them. Chronic's one of them. But I will say about like the IU basketball community, like most people are really cool with each other. Like yes. everybody, like that's you know, people try and create this, like it's these, this podcast against this, but we all kind of like each other. I mean, like I heard Jeff Rabjohns was talking about that a couple months ago. I can't comment on Peegs, by the way, because I signed up through the USC one. It's because you've been banned, right? We understand. Yes. Well, that happened too. Uh, <laughs> that was a college thing. I, you know, I don't regret it at all. I was young and, you know, needed the money. Um, but no, I, but you know, some people were bad mouthing us in there and Jeff stood up and he's like, Hey, these, those are good guys. We all like each other, you know? And it's, it's, that's true. Like we, yeah. there's nobody in this community that I dislike like generally. And, and there's nobody I have, you know, there are people whose takes I disagree with or whatever, but there's no personal animosity. And I think that's, what's so great about this 
as we've said, like the, the, the world will end and there'll be cockroaches and IU podcasts and we'll all still get along. <laughs> I feel like at that point. Um, so I, I just think that for, you know, all the people who are involved in IU media that I've met have been, you know, great and welcoming and, and all that. We don't like carrots. <laughs> that's right. Oh, well, come on. I mean, that's, I don't nobody like carrots. Does. That's Nobody right. We does. do not. We do not like carrots. Uh, the other, the other people that I want to give a special thank you to, obviously, are Galen and Scott, uh, who beat us to a thousand episodes because uh, they started well before us. Uh, the hosts of Crimson Cast, our partners at the Back Home Network, along with Tony Adranya. I mean, they boarded the rocket ship that is IU football. I mean, what do you, what do you want? I, you you know, know. So, so it was funny. So obviously, you know, the what show was? I think it was after the Nebraska. Was was Galen on the Nebraska show? I can't remember. He he was on one of the shows recently with us, and there was a there was a comment because obviously we've all been a little bit frustrated with how the team is playing. I and, think it was Ohio know, Galen, State, actually. Okay, you're right. Maybe it was the Ohio State. It was game. it was yeah yeah. And and Galen, as he likes to do, will you know zig when others are zagging, and a lot of times it's because he sees something that others don't, and that's why we listen to him and respect his opinion. Uh, but it was really funny. Someone left a comment on there like, "Man, everybody's negative. It's a good thing Galen was on the show, so someone was positive." And he texts me, and it's like, "It's wonderful that we've lived long enough that I'm now the the optimistic <laughs> one." <laughs> in the back of the network because I, I remember like early on you know galen was ha- having some questions about tom Crean, and that was back in yes. my everything is positive days uh and you know you've since oldened like, and you've since gotten older and harder hardened yeah. a little bit you, you've developed a rhyme not fully a not fully but the greatest change that's taken place over the thousand episodes is that <laughs> yeah. gradually little by little although still leaning toward optimism Hope has yeah, left jared morris has been no. gradually very gradually beaten down into a bit less of an optimist one of, so one of the old bits if, do you guys remember one of the old bits we would always end the show with my final thought, I would state, like, I would give the reasons for why we were going to win the next game. Like, even if there was really yes. no chance that we were going to win, but I would always try and find a way it's, to do it. It's not shocking we got rid of that segment. <laughs> yeah, we did. But look, early on, when you're, when you, you know, you beat NC State, then we beat Kentucky, like, everything felt possible the first couple seasons, you know? So it was not, that was not like a made up thing. Obviously, you know, after seeing the basketball of the last nine seasons, it hasn't been quite as great. And so, you know, that that little bit kind of, uh, you know, ran its course. Uh, but anyway, but thank you to Galen and Scott, who really paved the way um, and, you know, also had an audience, shared us with them and just, you know, not even that, well, but just their friendship and mentorship yeah. and, and everything that they've given to us has really been very valuable. Even just even just today getting to do shows with them is such a blast because I, mean, I think we all have very different perspectives on everything. And theirs is so much fun to absorb. It really is because they have such a longer lens on doing this than we do. I mean, not number of show wise, but years wise. And, and, you know, they, they've been in this space longer than we have. So getting to interact with them on a professional level like this is, is Amazing. And Galen, I mean, just one of the best guys you'll meet. And he's so much fun. It's it's funny. I've met people since who have, you know, been from San Diego, a couple of people who were interns at places I was, you know, moonlighting around here or whatever. And they'll I'll, I'll be like, oh, do you know Galen Clavio? They're like, you mean Dr. Clavio? And I'm like, yes, Dr. Clavio. That is what we call him. Yes, Dr. Clavio. Yes. Um, so it's it it's always funny to run into somebody who knows him as this you know, like i used to refer to my professors and he's my buddy you know it's always funny yeah by the way royalty is in the chat that's libby torfey who's there great to see you libby thank you torpy Tor- torpy 
What did I say? Torfi. Tor- you said Torfi. You said Torfi. Oh, sorry. sorry. Okay, we'll, we'll edit okay. that out for the podcast. We just keep reviewing that. <laughs> We're just going to keep going over that. Torfi. Eventually just change it so we all know how to pronounce it. It's... <laughs> I don't joke. know how else to try and do it for you. It's so simple. It's All right, Shut Megan, up, I know you, it's yeah. a crazy busy time for you, so we don't want to keep you too long and we appreciate you being here, but I do want to put you on the spot here uh, before we let you go. Do you have a favorite assembly call memory, like a show memory or something that stands out other than coach saying, I don't like carrots, which everybody remembers. Which is absolutely. I don't like carrots. Like, <laughs> I mean, like the entirety has, of that like, rant my daughter was just amazing. Painting for us, like I, honest to God, I don't know if I can pull it up. Um, coaches, like contact information in my phone is this painting that my daughter did that says I don't like carrots, and it's a painting of a carrot. Like it's so hilarious to me. <laughs> can we get that like printed and framed? <laughs> I, I, yes, I will make it the I new get working on that right away. The new back home network um, avatar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. So obviously I've been around a really long time and, and they pulled me in here as much as anything. Like I am officially the first official chat mob member, all these different things, because I really have been, I have been here for a very long time. Um, and I've been lucky enough to get to be friends with these guys. Um, and we have been able to text about not only basketball, but our kids or, Different. I mean, just lots of different things. Not right so much for Ryan. Whatever. Yes. It's whatever with Ryan. Um, <laughs> uh, like, I'm always such a fan of the meetups. Like, just getting a chance yep. to get together with everybody and see everybody and spend time together with people who truly have become friends. Truly have become friends. Um. It's been fun to see those grow too. Our, like the first one, yeah. we were just at Yogi's. There was, you know, there was a small first group couple. Of us. Right. Yeah, Megan put awesome. the picture so in, put the, the, in the. I put some thing. different photos yeah. in the in the in the chat through some of that. Like I have, mother, mind your business. <laughs> Why is she sticking up for Ryan? <laughs> mind the business. <laughs> Why are you sticking up for Ryan? I'm I'm a gentleman <laughs> in real life. People are always surprised. I'm really nice in real life. That's he is pretty nice in real life, but it's you got to meet different. him in real life. But yeah. he doesn't show up for breakfast on Sunday. I don't. I'm usually he too hungover. He's yet to make a cozy table breakfast. <laughs> I'm usually yep. way too hungover. He does. Uh-huh. Um. No, I I would agree but, with you. The meetups are my favorite part. They every are. Year. 100. It's 100 percent it. my favorite part. Like so many different things that I've been honored. Truth, truly, truly honored to get to be a part of not, not even a stretch, like to get to call and accidentally be part of a show. Um, <laughs> Cause that's how this really started for me was I literally accidentally part of a show. Yep. I guess that's me. <laughs> accidentally part. You should, um, that should be your new Twitter bio. You know what my favorite part of a show, you know, what? every year, what my favorite memory with Megan is, isn't the meetup. It's the Friday night at Nick's and Megan is the funniest, most engaging, fun person there every single time. When I say she's the mom of assembly call, she's just checking that everybody's having fun. Everybody's having a good time. I I feel like she's next to ask time. If, do you have a safe ride home? Yeah, like, yes. do you need high C and orange slices? Like, do you have a snack after the game? Like that, like that's how I feel about Megan and the Friday I'm night. I'm such a team to, mom. 
she is and it's and and that's 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 true and and she's a great friend and somebody we care deeply about and we're so happy to have her be a part of this and uh and we love her to death yeah and i'm really glad you guys keep letting me show well this year you're not allowed it's well but the uh, thing is you know megan so to, to us you know connor we wanted him on here to obviously represent you know the sponsors who have supported us you know, Chronic, you know, really represented, you know, the other people with a platform who help support us. And to me, you represent, you know, all of the people who, you know, out front in the chat mob and stuff, but also behind the scenes have supported what we've done. Uh, you help me with the finances. Uh, as organized as our show structure can be, that is as disorganized as, <laughs> as I can sometimes be with other stuff in my life. And so but even I, before that, Jared, like we were doing spreadsheets of people hitting the blog talk radio and like, right. like some of the Google sheets that exist in my world mm-hmm. that all are shared with you. Like just trying to figure out where we are and what's next and where we're going. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's you, it's people like Ari, you know, who does so much for us from a production standpoint, you know, it's all of the interns that we've had. I was just texting with Will DeWitt a little bit earlier who has, taken what we did with the post-game show and surpassed it with his Bears Brothers show where they actually had to change the name because the Bears slapped him for a, a copyright infringement. You know, but Will and Zach and Mike and and just, you know, all the all the interns that we've had, all the people who have helped support this, you know, we're here talking into the screens, but there really are a lot of people, you know, kind of behind the scenes that are helping too. Um, and so as much as this is a cool celebration for us, we wanted to make sure that, you know, people like you and, and everybody else who's helped make this happen, uh, you know, get recognized because to do something like this, I'm for here this for long, our chat mob. You are. And you represent the chat mob. I'm, he- I'm here for the chat mob because I'm looking through here and I'm, I, there's Jen, um, there's Jennifer, there's mm-hmm. Joel. Um, <laughs> so many of these people, Joel, by the way, are you still in there, Joel? He is. Um, oh, he's I'm still in there. Super concerned. Though, here's the thing, right? So we're not talking basketball, and we're drinking. Of course, Joel is here. I know, right? <laughs> Mom and I were at the women's game uh, two nights ago, um, the Penn State game, and I am fairly concerned. Like, legitimately, was concerned about Joel's safety and well-being at one point <laughs> because Joel sits across from me. Right? Joel and Richie are across from me. I can see them. I have given them a hard time about dancing for me. Um, there, there are lots of tweets that go out there. Don't make that face, Jared. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> they were doing like a dance cam thing. And I was like, mm-hmm, let's go, fellas. And uh, they laughed at me. But we got there. Uh, but at one point, Joel is like legitimately stroking out, which was le- was absolutely authorized um at that point in the game that's just default joel come on like he's fine no that's no actually that's how i know he's fine is is when he's doing no this was next level joel but but that's the thing because we know that right because because we've made these connections we are we are these people we are these connections we are these friends we are these friends you guys and Richie, friends. who Megan just mentioned, that's who gave us the clocks. Ryan has his clock behind him. Mine is over in our game yep. room next to the pool table. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Joel and Richie, you know, those two represent, uh, to me, uh, some of the best in IU fandom because they're not just here for men's basketball. They're not just here for football. They support all the other sports. Women's. Always there. Volleyball. Volleyball. Women's basketball. They're volleyball. Baseball. Yes. 
And they were they were on to Terry Moore in the women's basketball program way sports. early. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And they're they're fantastic. So and Megan, you represent all of them, and so we appreciate you being able to come on here tonight and share this time with us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in February, no matter how late you have to come out. We want to see you there. And I will have a crown, just so you know. That's you your deserve fault. it. Good as you should. Good as you should. I have to buy my own crown, but it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, Thanks, Megan, Megan. Right. We'll awesome to have week. you here. Thank you so much for everything over the years. Seriously. Yep. Thank Love you, you Megan. All right. Great. We love you. Love we'll you. see you in a few weeks. Ah, see you soon. <laughs> All righty. That's Megan. She's awesome. We appreciate her very much. So yeah. we have one more guest planned. And it is probably, I was trying to think like who is, you know, kind of like the non-friend person. Like we, you know, we've Galen and Chronic and all these people have been on. Who's like kind of the. Yeah, who the, wants to have them on? It's, well, no, no. But who's like the media person who's been on the most with us? Yeah. It's Mike DeCourcy. Right. Mike DeCourcy been on a public podcast. We did Banner Friday with him for a while. So he is scheduled to come uh, here in a couple of minutes. And so we will get Mike here. Uh, But in the meantime, do I I could I have his music down there, too? Uh, In the meantime, you guys want to see Coach's very first appearance on the assembly call? Yes. (laughs) All right. So here's here's (laughs) the only thing I want to get out of tonight. (laughs) Okay, so let's this is Coach's very, very first appearance. So real quick, the backstory on Coach is. Uh, coach, you know, found the show and was uh, in the chat mob. And or- originally back in the day, do you guys remember? We used to do the chat on Cover It Live. Yep. I remember because so I used Cover It Live for work. And- yeah. And because that was before we were doing YouTube. Once we did YouTube and we realized people can just chat here, you know, it made it a little bit simpler. But man, Cover It Live, that was kind of a beating. Like you had to go set up a new one every time and yep. pick who was going to be moderator. And obviously we couldn't moderate while we're doing the show. And so Megan would help us out with that. And then Coach became one of the moderators. He he just yeah, offered. he did. He did. And, he, and, and I was going back through some of the old emails. Like he would send us emails with like observations that he had. And so eventually we're just like, why don't you just come on the show with us? And so his first appearance was Hoosier Hysteria. Uh, Ryan, you were gone. How fitting, how fitting is that? Given yeah. his, <laughs> his love for Hoosier given Hysteria. Given his love of the event overall. I mean. I know. Yeah, I don't know have. where I was, but I was gone. Yeah. Oh well, no, we know where you were. You were in. Uh, you were in Italy. Well, here, Coach will, Coach will oh. tell. So here's. So that's just a setup. Here's Coach's oh, yes. very first October, appearance. I would have been in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Coach's very first appearance on the assembly call. Is like watching the USC Notre Dame game in Italy. He actually oh, woke shoot. up at one thirty a.m. I'm very excited now to introduce our guest host tonight. Ryan is not available. He is watching the USC Notre Dame game in Italy. He actually woke up at one thirty a.m. to watch that game. Dedicated and fan, it's, that Ryan. it's going really well so far. So, <laughs> so he's not here. He will be back, obviously, um, moving forward. But in his chair tonight, we are very, very excited to have Coach Brian Tonsoni. Uh, Brian has been a longtime listener of the Assembly Call, a contributor. He's one of the guys who makes our live chat go. Uh, and he's also a coach and a really knowledgeable fan uh, and a podcaster in his own right now. And he also leads Delphi Bracketology which I believe recently beat Andy Bottoms in Bracketology. Uh, so may- maybe I should have had him I mean, go first these- tonight. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably should have. I noticed that. You- I noticed that you didn't introduce me with any kind of like Bracketology thing since Brian was here, which is yeah. arguably fair given the way they've they've treated me in the last couple of years. So it's reasonable. Yeah. So with all that said, let's introduce Brian Tonsoni to the show and. Uh, Brian, the floor is yours. What was your biggest takeaway? Maybe that's what we'll call it. Tonsoni's takeaway. 
Well, thank you for uh, having us on tonight or having me on a fellow Italian in place of, uh, uh, of Brian. So hopefully I can uh, fill in his shoes, but it's an honor to be on tonight. And uh, I, I was really happy to see the basic plays uh, of Archie Miller, what he's trying to do in transition. Uh, we saw some things uh, pushing the ball, some drag screens, some ball screens. And, and defensively, I think you saw the pack line. And, and early on, the team was taking a lot of threes, and, and the pack line supposed to stop penetration. So I think overall, my main takeaway is the system is getting in place, and, and that's enjoyable. I, I think Archie Miller's style of play will be what IU fans really w want to see. And then it's just a matter of getting the players to play to their most optimal uh, with, you know, the five guys. You had – so yes, that was Coach. I have thoughts. <laughs> okay, but before before if we get said to Archie those... Miller's style is what fans will want to see. Stop. Then they might have been. <laughs> there are so many words you could add there that yes. would work better. Yeah. That's okay. Where you so just kind of overdub his a different word, and then that would have been great. Otherwise, but you know. Yes. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring in our next special guest tonight. He's from the Sporting News. From the Big Ten Network and our longtime contributor on Banner Friday, one of the people who's been on this show the most, it is the great Mike DeCourcy, everybody, here with us tonight on celebrating episode 1000. Mike, you popped in at the perfect time because you've hosted the show with Coach Tonsoni before. That was his very first appearance uh, there on the Assemble Call. If you were able to see it and hear it, that's why we were going back to that. So your reaction to Coach's comments about Indiana fans liking Archie Miller's style of play. It's funny because, first of all, I thought I was like stepping into some kind of time warp. I thought, are we talking Rhode Island here? What's going on? Uh, but, you know, when, when Arch was hired, I, I, I've known Arch since he was probably 20 years old. Maybe, maybe younger. I mean, for a long time. And I never thought in, in, in knowing him and observing him that he was a great fit personally for Indiana. It's a big job. It takes a big personality. And I, I think that coaches sometimes run into problems when, when they don't embrace that. And I, I thought initially that there were some good choices out there who would have embraced that better. And then I went to his press conference and, and he really, he handled the press conference really well and he talked basketball. And I thought maybe if he just talks basketball with these people, they'll engage. And, and honestly, in the end, I think he delivered on one thing that they wanted. And that was, they wanted to be back to where, Indiana recruits were thinking IU first. He got them back there. The problem was, and this was his misfortune, although he was paid $10 million for the misfortune. <laughs> his misfortune was he got them back at the time when Indiana basketball was probably at its lowest point in the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they were like, they got mo they got the two best Indiana kids who were legit. And one of them became one of the school's all time great players. And the other became a one and done and didn't really have the opportunity to help. And then there wasn't a whole lot else. It wasn't like there were all these kids that were leaving Indy or leaving yeah. uh, Gary or Fort Wayne and going to play big time basketball somewhere else. It wasn't happening because they weren't there. And he got all the Indiana kids to come here, but they weren't, most of them weren't good enough to be difference makers. They might've been good enough to be Hoosiers. I don't think they were good enough to be difference makers. 
And I think that was program. probably even more than his his own personal shyness, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, it, I, I think that affected his his road to success as much as anything. Well, Mike, I've always said, and it works this way for football too, is that sometimes guys are good coaches. They're just not good fits. Right. You know, I, I think a guy like, you know, I remember Charlie Strong was killing it at Louisville and then went to Texas. And it's like, you know what? Louisville might've just been his ceiling, like where his best fit was. And, and Archie did a great job at Dayton. It just wasn't a fit when he moved. It's different kinds of players. It's different kinds of, it's a different kind of atmosphere. It's all of those things. And, and I think that that gets underrated when you talk about a coach moving to a new place, it's not just whether or not they can coach. Most of these guys can coach on some level. Yes. It's, it's about being able to recruit the kind of players that you have to recruit to compete in that conference. It's about fitting the personality. It's about being willing. If you're at IU, you're almost half a politician, half a coach, yes. you know? And so it really isn't about whether or not they can coach. It's about the fit. And I think that that gets overlooked a ton when big hires are made. Absolutely, a hundred percent true. Uh, and I, I think that in in so many instances, uh, what we see is coaches hired without that consideration. I, I thought, you know, like I said, that I've known Arch for a very long time, and I've been in this business for a very long time. And I could have said if somebody'd asked, you know. I, I I love him, and I think there are places where he can be really successful sure. that are higher than Dayton. I think there are, uh, but I didn't think IU was the right one, and 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 his timing wasn't great. Like I said, the the the, the low ebb in talent, and also he finally gets them to the precipice of success. I mean, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't a smooth ride, and the Nebraska game didn't go great that night in in March, 2020, but they probably would have got in the tournament and who knows what happens. And if they get in the tournament, who knows what happens after that. And so the timing just wasn't good for him. And I think that for IU, uh, it, it just, it just needed to, I understand the need to change at that point. And I think that it's interesting to see the way people are reacting to this season's team. And I, when I say people, I think I'm saying people mostly with voices. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a rebuilding team, even though they have a lot of talent. Uh, they lost one of the great players in the history of the school. I know they never reached a, a true zenith with him, but they did beat Purdue, the Big Ten champion, twice last year. They did earn a four seed. wasn't you know It wasn't nothing, and. I, there are things about Mike style that I don't necessarily agree with a hundred percent. And Jared and I talked about this all through last year with the, I mean, the game's just different now. Uh, and I, I think Mike's, it just feels like he's declining to acknowledge the importance of the three point shot. You know, everybody doesn't, everybody doesn't have to play like Kentucky's playing now or like Loyola Marymount played uh, back in 91 or, or, or 90, I should say, um, you don't all have to play like that, but you still have to find the ability to incorporate that at a high level into your offense. And that, and that means two things. One, recruiting guys who can shoot. And two, when you have a guy in your program, like Miller cop, getting him as many shots as is feasible. And that didn't happen a year ago. And for a guy who shot, I think he finished at 44.5. It might have been higher than that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost 45%. I'm sorry? 
It was almost 45%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his attempts were really low for someone who had that, that percentage. He probably wouldn't have shot 44 per five if he'd have shot another 50 or 70, but he probably still would have shot over 40. And that's a lot of points. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the Mark Titus, if you're shooting over that far over 40%, you're not shooting enough, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so Mike with that, um, with, this is a, a joyous event, our thousands show. So people are feeling down about the program. What, what do you see potential wise? Tell us a, tell us a turnaround story for IU from what we've seen the other night. What do they, what do they have and what do you think they can do, uh, to be able to have a, a positive finish to the season? Obviously a lot of games left, but you know, based on what you've seen from them this year, what's a, you know, if things go well for them, what does it look like? Well, first of all, Xavier Johnson's got to get, he's got to get back on track, I guess. That's a really weak cliche and I hate to use it, but you can't have this. It can't be up and down. And I understand it was only his third game, but his second game was really good. His third game should have at least been okay. It shouldn't have been a tragedy, a disaster, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it should have it should have been at least okay. Yeah, you go into that. You know, this, this is a this is a very difficult league, and even in a year when it's not as as deep or as uh, uh, as outstanding as it was, say two years ago or three years ago. It's still a really hard league. I mean, you look at Minnesota right now; they've got an they've got a point guard averaging eight assists a game, and they and they're second in the league at this point. Ahead of they're ahead of Purdue, uh, so a team that everybody thought was nothing coming into the year is playing really well, and they're they're erratic and and they they can frustrate you, but they also can can really go at a high level when they're on. Uh, so it, it's a hard league, and I, so I think you have to look at a game like Rutgers where you're frustrated by the uh, some of the component parts not playing well. But a lot of teams lose at Rutgers. I mean, it, it, it's one of the hardest buildings in this league. And the team is, although not excellent offensively, they're still really stout defensively. So I, I, I don't look at that night and say, man, that, that you, how do you lose at Rutgers? I do say, as I said before, you got to get more consistency out of a 60-year point guard. Um, I think that, that, that they – uh, are getting a lot. I, I was I, I was very skeptical about Khalil Ware. Very skeptical because I watched him play last year, and and he was not a factor. He was easy to push around, and 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 they're getting significant play out of him. I think they can do a little better to 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 use what he has and what he's giving them, but I think they're getting a lot out of him. Mackenzie and Baco just needs to take better shots, and the reason. I think in part he doesn't is that his, the senior, the sixth year senior point guard who's played 130 games or whatever needs to be out there and needs to be saying, look, just because I pass it to you one time and, and no one, you know, and no one's really right there doesn't mean you're, it's time to shoot because if you miss it, we're not getting that ball back because the the defense hasn't had to rotate at all. Those kind of things they've got to they've they've got to be enforced. McKenzie's going to be a really good player, but he's got to start to think the game as much as play the game. So there's and that comes from being a freshman. Uh, you look at uh, 
you look at Gabe Cups, and, and Gabe has played really well for what he was ready to do. He was expected to come in here, at least by those of us who observe, not necessarily inside the program, but I suspect this was true inside too, and play 12 to 18 minutes a game depending on circumstance. He's had to play 30 a game for more than a month. And he hung in okay. They won some games. I just, look, I, I I didn't I don't think that IU I thought I thought at the beginning of the year that if everything went right for IU, they could be top six, seven in the league. Well, everything hasn't gone right. Xavier's been out for a month. Uh and, and he hasn't come back like raring to go and, and ready to excel. He's had he had a really good game on the weekend, and he's had two Poor game sandwiched around it. I, I don't think this team can succeed without him playing really well. I don't think that's possible in this league. He's got to play. He's got to play good on ball defense. He's got to be a leader. He's got to make open shots and the ball's got to go where it's supposed to go. And he did that over the weekend against Ohio state. And he didn't do it in the other two. Well, you saw the results in the other two. So it's a hard league. It's a hard schedule, and it's a young team. Even with a six-year senior point guard, everybody else except Trey, um, who who is doing what he does, and smoked one of the best defensive guards in in the country in the Kansas game. Um, I, I'd like to see more execution like that. If you're not going to ex- if you're not going to emphasize the three-point shot. Why don't, you know, you just cut up a team that's number one or two or three in the country. Why can't you do that against more opponents? Why don't you execute like that? They don't always do that. So I think there are, there are things that are, are frustrating uh, about the way it's developed. But at the same time, I don't think it's reasonable to expect a group of, that is almost, you know, what, what are we, we're, we're talking about two thirds of the rotation is freshmen and sophomores. I don't think it's reasonable to expect them to walk out and be the 76 Hoosiers. No, no, it's a great point. It's a great point. Um, and look, you know, Mike, the reason we wanted to have you on tonight is really to, I mean, number one, to get your insight, because we always love getting your insight. And the reason I love your insight is you you give us a good objective point of view. You know, we're so far in this. You're stuff. way too rational for this fan base. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, look, you're you're, you know, saying Ryan's getting up because he's offended at all these just rational, left. objective just opinions. That you're giving. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, we you know, so we really appreciate you coming on. And really, we just want to say thank you to you for coming on the show and you know, when you start out like we do, you know, as kind of nobodies and just try and build it up, it always is so helpful when someone who is established like you, you know, can can kind of give the the sign of respect of coming on the show, you know, because you have a lot of things that you can do with your time. And so we really appreciate you coming on. Our audience is always excited, always asking to have you on. Um, so we just really appreciate you coming, what you've meant to the show. And, and I've just had so much fun with our conversations through the years. Well, congratulations, guys, on a thousand uh, it's been fun to be a part of it uh, along the way. Uh, you guys do a wonderful job. Uh, I, I really admire uh, all your work. Uh, and even Brian, even though he was uh, he was a little off in his initial uh, scouting report on coach, uh, it, it, it's 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 fun to come on. And, and I'm really uh, impressed. And speaking of episodes, uh, Sunday night, we will start our 13th season of Big Ten Basketball and Beyond. So Heck yes. I'll be looking wow, for that you got us Big beat. Ten Network. Uh, we're, I'm excited about that. The 13th season. 
There's a lot of, yeah, I, 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 every year I looked up, okay, what TV shows didn't make it to year 13? You know? <laughs> That's right. So we're closing in on Bonanza. We're getting there. <laughs> well, Mike, thanks. We'll interesting trivia question. I was named after a character in Bonanza. What? Yeah. How did we not know uh, this? Jared Barkley, I think, was the character. No, name. that's the Big Valley. Big Valley. That's what it was. Oh. Okay. See, I don't even know what show it was. Uh, and I, was I don't even know. I always get is. those two shows mixed up. Just okay. So Mike knew. <laughs> trying so hard to make connections. Of course, the old guy knows the difference. Of course. Uh, Mike, we appreciate you always being involved, man. You're the best. Uh, yeah. you, you two, you guys, thank you for having me and congratulations and enjoy the rest of your uh, celebration. Thanks. All right. Will do. Thank, thank you, you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. The great Mike DeCourcy, everybody. Always, you know, just adding that objective quality to his analysis. Way too objective we, for this fan base. <laughs> I know, it, but it, it is so important. I really have appreciated right. that from him because you can just yeah. get so caught in the IU-centric version of what's going on and you forget that you're in a competition with other teams, yeah. you know, so it matters what you do in relation to them too. So What always makes me laugh is when uh, people will watch just one show of, of this of assembly call and be like, God, Ryan, you are just you're you're too, way too reasonable for what's going on. I'm like, well, you really have not watched the show. No, no one has ever. No, one <laughs> no, has ever it's, said it's that. so yeah. funny on Twitter. I get <laughs> Wait, it. All I, I want to see like a text or an email or something where this is. Read my mentions on Twitter. Like you'll. Never I will not do that. It. You. Not- yeah, you really don't want to. Trust me. It's no. I an an ex of mine used to follow Twitter and read my replies and try and answer people, and I'm like. Don't do that. Like, just what are you doing? Just Wait, waiting. An, into an ex of yours would read your replies, and she would try to reply. Like, in would reply? No, would read of you or like no? Egging? Would read replies to my stuff and try and like fight people for what they were saying. I'm like, why are you doing that? It's just like, no, no, no. Uh, but uh, but it is funny because occasionally I hear like, oh, you'll never criticize Woodson. You guys are just too soft on them. I'm like, have you ever watched the show? Like once. That's how I know I think that we're doing an okay job is we get we about the same sides. amount on both sides yep. now. Exactly. You know, and so I think that's probably a good sign. And probably. trust me, I hear from people who say we didn't criticize Archie enough. And I think by the like a year and a half in, we were all advocating for him to hire just an offensive coordinator because that was a very big theme on the show. A very big theme. And that's yes. when the whole shot doctor thing started because yeah, we were still available, folks. Still available, ready to I, be hired. Like I, I, yeah. I mean, I realize my salary is incredibly high, and you'd have to match it. But it is. Damn fireball! Screw it. All right, so so we've been rolling here for over an hour and a half. This has been awesome. Tons of fun. I you know I hope everybody has enjoyed it as much as we have. I'm not sure that's possible because uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we have not gotten to mailbag questions yet, though. So I can hang around for a little bit, Andy. I, I know. I'm here yeah, the rest got, of the night. So do you I got bounce? maybe I got maybe ten minutes. I I can if you want to do some questions or do something else. I got about ten more minutes. Let's just okay. make this the Andy Bottoms portion of the show. Oh God, please. Okay, the Andy Bottoms portion. I'm down. I'm down with no, that. Okay, geez. so let's we'll do a couple questions, but you can't leave Andy without hearing Bob's thing. So we'll kind of make that the end. I of would. The show. I would never. I want to. Never. I want to know. Is it is it as long as the original intro to the show, or is it? Um, no. <laughs> Well, real quick, real quick. How did you guys actually meet? Because I, I kind of know this story, but I don't know it fully. And I'm sure there's people who don't listen to every show and don't know the story about how you two connected. Because I didn't meet Andy until well, that, I met him in person four years in. 
Well, that's oh, those people's fault for not. Connect? Yeah, those that's yeah. those people's fault for not listening to every show. Yeah, right, so, you guys yeah. should go back and listen to, to 999 <laughs> more shows, please. Uh, and figure no. this out. So I, so I started, I I did some college basketball and fantasy football writing, kind of on the side at a few different places over over the course of time. But which is not your career, by the way. You're this is completely no, separate no. from your actual. And he hosted no. a podcast with Rob Doster. Back in the That's day. Yeah. true. Back in the day, before yep. when they were at uh, Ballin' as a Habit. So that's right. <laughs> uh, with him and Troy. Uh, so no. So I had uh, kind of stumbled upon Midwest sports fans, I think, because of some IU stuff that I had read or or different things like that. And so that was really how I wrote college basketball stuff there for a while. I don't think I ever did any fantasy sports stuff for that. I think it was all college was basketball, all basketball stuff, as I recall. And then uh, so that was really how Jared and I originally connected and i think we met i was at a conference for work in dallas at some point um that's right prior to the other meetup so he he and i like got together and at least like met each other in person for the first time uh prior to the actual meetup uh then but that even that had been a few years after we'd been doing the show so yep yeah i had put out a call needing a college basketball writer and andy answered it and then was writing college basketball. And then when we decided, I decided that I was just kind of tired doing Midwest sports fans. I just wanted to focus on the team I really cared about, which was IU basketball. And then that's how it all, it all kind of came from there. It's, it's you funny got out going of Midwest, back and, huh? Jared, you, you got out of Midwest sports fans at the right time. Trust me. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. No, I, did. I it, it, well, it's really funny just because Andy's only here for a couple minutes. I just put this in the chat. It's so funny because Andy plays very analytical on this show. And we all are a version of our personalities on this show, I would say, and are fully formed people outside of the box you see us in. Andy is one of the funniest people I know in person because he's a very not, different not on here not on here though no no sure. you're you're very dry <laughs> funny on here but you're even funnier in person and by the way your wife jen is even funnier than you are like we love she's the best and she is uh the best decision you ever made was was jen quite frankly and the best, well her i mean she probably who, who knows what she could have done but <laughs> done better it, for sure yeah, but i mean 100 <laughs> So, but no, I, it's so funny when I met every girl Andy. grows up dreaming of dating a podcast host. Come I on. mean, come That's on. A- <laughs> it's what I throw out first on dates. Come on. No, but, but Andy, it, it's so funny because Andy, people, hence, I've, hence Ryan's like, I can be here as long as I want on a Thursday, as long as I want, Thursday night. Nobody else here. See, Nobody else that here. Andy dry humor. I got all the yeah. time in the world, everybody. We're fine. But but no, Andy in you know on the podcast, and I loved Andy's humor on the podcast. I love a, dr- a dry humor, whatever. I met him in person. I was like, this guy is hysterical, and it it's it's a different you know. There's a there's a fully formed version of you, and I've told people repeatedly. I'm like, you would be shocked to watch a game with Andy Bottoms because you're so you're like, and I, I mean, this is a compliment. You're so well thought out and you're so logical and you're so step one, step two, step three, this is what it is. And this is what the big meaning is or whatever, but you're one of the most intense fans I have ever met in my entire life. And I mean, that is a complete compliment. And uh, so one time get, I sat next to Jared, an official actually looked up at me at some point. In the, I was in sitting. The stands. I, I was, think I got him to smile. So that I was is, sitting, you know, that's all you can do. I was sitting in the press area diagonal from you guys watching that entire thing. And uh, Dan Dockage was a few rows in front of you. And Dan, he's a big fan of the show, obviously. So, um, but no, Andy is, Indianapolis is, is number one radio host, Dan Dockage. Exactly. <laughs> Boy, that was years ago, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, like 
Andy is is one of the people I am. I mean, obviously, Jared and I knew each other a little before. I'm so happy I got to meet Andy through this, and uh, has become, as as I've said, one of my one of my close friends. I feel like, and uh, and so seeing you, who you really are in person, is is really a big. I'm I'm I, I love that very well, representative I, I moment that. on the w- show. I will say I I do not like when people say nice things about me. It makes me really uncomfortable. I know it does, and that's why I did that for a really long time. We really really made it so long because that's happened so seldom. So it's been good that that was how it worked out. It's also very appropriate that Ryan dubbed this the Andy Bottoms segment of the show and then talked through the whole thing because now it's been ten minutes and Andy. Because I knew he wouldn't talk very much because that's not what he does. He's an analytical guy. Um, okay, let's. We're gonna play the Bob Thompson thing, and then if you want to hang and answer questions, you can answer questions. This is so Bob emailed me, and Bob Thompson. I mean, you always hear me call him out at the end of the show. He's a guy. He's made so many just great songs for us. All the intro songs, you know. Sometimes it's stuff. I'll have an idea and I'll send it to him. And there's been a couple I think I've written the lyrics for, but most of the time it's just an idea, and he runs with it. And now. You know, and, and this is this is what makes this show so special where we talk about how, you know, the reason we keep coming back is the community. You know, now we've been doing this for so long, he just kind of he'll have ideas and just bring them to me, you know, because he kind of anticipates what's gonna happen. And so he sent me an email yesterday, said he was working up something for episode one thousand. Uh, asked me to send him some drops that he could use. Uh and so I did, and so he sent me this just a few hours ago. Uh, I've heard it once. It's absolutely incredible. I've been dying to listen to it again, uh, but I didn't send it to you guys because I wanted you to hear it first. So uh, this is kind of this. We'll count this as the official end of the show. Then we'll do a little AC after dark and answer questions for a little while until Ryan passes out uh, from all the shots that he's been taking. I wish this stuff was stronger. It's really (laughs) I'm not even buzzed. (laughs) <laughs> it's just but it's just rotting your insides but otherwise it's not yeah, really no i'm dying uh, but i might have to call an ambulance it's, it's, but i'm sober <laughs> but here it is the uh the world premiere debut of bob thompson's new song 1000th podcast here we go The mics are hot, the hosts appear, and even if it's late, the chat mob's here, and when we hear that William tell, no matter when or lose, we know all is well. One thousandth podcast of assembly called One Let's toast The 1,000th podcast A treat for us all The 1,000th podcast Still Ryan won't hurt Ryan's being stupid again Clearly I was wrong I have a mad crush on Archie Miller I will follow this team through the pit of hell Noah was on a two-year plan Here I come, Coach Fife I have plenty of problems with Steve Alford Jeremiah April is real well, Kevin Durant plays shooting guard. I should have Evan Fitzner play shooting guard. I've been involved in poop explosions, plenty of them. The 1,000th podcast after 15 years. The 1,000th podcast, it's true. The 1,000th podcast through laughter and tears. 1,000th podcast for the love of IU. 
Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. As tonight, you're in- I emailed Bob after I listened to it for the first time, and I told him it was incredible. I was laughing, and I had tears in my eyes from the laughter and just from the emotion of all the years and the fact that he made that and spent all that time making it. Just unbelievable, I, Bob. Bob. Thank we, you so much for that. We love you, brother. I We need to post that on Twitter, the whole thing. I, just when I thought it couldn't get better, there was the poop explosion thing, and I just lost it. It was just too much. That sent me. I think that was a story about you like taking care of your niece and nephew or something. Yes. God, I hope that it was. I don't know. <laughs> no, that is the, I remember telling that story because people were saying, like, you've never experienced being a dad. You don't know these things. And I'm like, I have four nieces and nephews. I have seen things, which is why I don't have kids. Yes. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that was now, amazing. Bob, that was that was incredible. I'm just gonna listen to it over and over again. Yeah, I. That's so. You're good. right. We'll just, we'll, po- we'll post that on. Yeah, please do post the whole thing. for sure. Yeah. Oh man, I know that was. There's not even. It, there's nothing good to say after that. No, you, you know? can't. Talk it's like about the NCAA that. tournament. That should have just been the end, and then we just. I was, you know, then we just, I was just like, I mean, I I put it in our our chat for the thing. I was like, once it was the the one shining moment thing. I was like, I love this already. It's and done. Literally, it's like, done. Oh, how yeah. much better it would get. I know. So what you, it what just got do? better from there. That was you know. uh, that was outstanding, Bob. So I think I first met Bob. I was I think it was at I think it was before one of the meetups. I was just walking through the concourse at Assembly Hall, and he entered, grabbed me, like introduced himself and and whatever. Just an awesome guy, and uh, has done such a good job with the uh, with the uh, intros and and everything. It's been uh, it's been amazing. Every- just one of one of many great folks that this has brought us in contact with, and he even said. I think earlier uh, in the chat that like chronic is what, as you had him on Jared, it's funny. You were talking about like how he kind of broadened the outreach. And I think Bob was one that was in the chat that was like, yeah, that's how I found the show. So. Yep. Just incredible. Oh my God. Incredible. Thank you, Bob. That was, that was awesome. Absolutely amazing. All right, Andy, do we need to bid you adieu for the evening? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to call it a night here. It's been a, it's been a long day for a variety of reasons, long week. Uh, but uh, I will be sure to listen to the the rest of this. And uh, thanks again, I'm everybody, sure for be being fun. here. This was an absolute uh, blast for a variety of reasons. If for for no other one, then it gave us a chance to not really talk about the team. That was really when things took a downturn. The chat turned somber <laughs> quickly when it was like, oh, I thought I was told there would be no basketball talk on this, on this podcast. <laughs> So I think anyway. for it to account as an official episode, we had to talk a little basketball. Something so we did. We did yeah. the minimum. Now we can count this as an episode. We did the minimum. Call. Absolutely. So Absolutely. So we've done no, that. Uh, we've made fun of Ryan. I think we've pretty much hit all the things that have to happen. For there's more of that to come. Episode. Pretty yes. solid. So yeah, well, uh, I look forward to answers. Tons of good questions. I think we can probably uh, save some of these for yeah. the off season when we're uh, trying to figure out how to, how to fill a show in mid June. Um, you know, there's a lot of good ones we could, probably delve into a little bit more on here. So I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. I'll come out with another one of my sterling, never wrong off season hot takes. And we'll just do that for the, for the off season. Well, I mean, everybody's looking forward to that. So there's no reason to, (laughs) to, to steer away from that now. So anyway, all right. Uh, right. Thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Love you guys. See you tomorrow. You're going to be on the show tomorrow. Yes. I will see you. uh, I will see you tomorrow for hopefully a victorious episode for, uh, you know, as Ryan said, the, the journey to 2000 starts tomorrow. So, uh, hopefully it's enjoy this tonight and focus refocus. Hopefully tomorrow. It, yeah. Hopefully yeah. it starts. Uh, hopefully it starts on a positive note. So yeah, I'll be here.
Yes. Cool. I think Thanks, uh, I think Stephen I think I heard Stephen Bardo on the call again. So just oh, a, great. Yeah. All right. Who will need to drink after that show? Well, I mean, <laughs> potentially I need to drink during the actual game. I think at that point the show is fine. It's just you got to you got to survive the show. But all anyway, these shots I, are going to hit Ryan at one time, Andy. You, I, you honestly, this stuff is so soft, like weak. Well, I, I mean, God even, forbid turns I'm not into even a, buzzed. another explosion like I, of a kind he mentioned earlier. That, you, know, <laughs> you just never know. You just never know what might happen. I've gotten it. Like, I think I've just, I've ingested way too much antifreeze at this point, but other than that, I'm fine. That's good. Okay. All right. AC after dark sponsored by (laughs) what is it? What's it called? Fire something. Fireball. Fireball. Thanks, Andy. I'll see see you tomorrow, man. All right. Good old fireball. All right. Well, let's answer a few questions here. We'll go later into the night, but if we're going to do AC after dark, there's only one way for AC after dark to start. Cue Bob again. More Bob Thompson. Brilliance. Right. Right back. Everybody. When the show is over But there's more to be said Pour yourself a drink now Put the kitties to bed It's very awkward being the only one here it's when the song is playing. Loose. No more censored remarks So cozy up, chat mob It's time for AC After Yeah, we haven't done AC After Dark in a while because we don't typically do it during the season. It tends to be no. more of an off-season thing. It is. Um, we gotta we gotta get back to it. What we really need is Ryan to get back out, get his social life going again. That's where a lot of the AC I, After Dark stories come. You know, leaving your phone li- in an Uber, all the other stuff. That's <laughs> that one was bad. That was a bad one. No, I, I I've had people ask me why I didn't I, I don't talk about my personal life as much on here. And uh, guys, the last time I did that ended poorly, and so I've decided to, you know, kind of leave that to the side for a while. I think the next time I hear about my personal life is when somebody moves in. Like I think that's, but yeah, no. Uh, Talked about it a lot for a long time and uh, <laughs> didn't end up super well. So I'm just kind of leaving that to go for now. It's all right. Her loss. Her loss. Well, I mean, you know, it's fine. There's no there's no animosity there. It's just didn't work out. Okay. Uh, let's hit a few of these. Now, some of these are going to be – there are a few questions that are really good to have Coach and Andy here for. So we will save these. Everybody yeah. who sent a question, we will answer them. We're not going to do them all tonight, but we'll do them as we move forward uh, on some AC radios. Like, for instance, Alex asked, what's everybody's favorite high school gym that you've been to in Indiana? We got to get mm. Coach's thoughts on that. For me, it's the Wigwam in Anderson. I used to go there with my dad to watch. Oh, that's a good one. But yeah, my dad was recruiting Ben Klusmeyer, who played for, he was a tight end that ended up going to Indiana, but he played with Kojak Fuller. So when I was growing up, I loved Kojak Fuller. He was like, he, his game was kind of similar to Yogi Ferrell a little bit. He was like the short, undersized guard. Sure. I think, I think he ended up having a bunch of legal problems, but he was awesome. Mine that, is, uh, that gym was okay. so great. Was Mine so is great. Seymour. Seymour, I used to cover them a lot for when I worked in Columbus as just a, a beat writer. And the place was never full because they did not have a good basketball team. But I also covered when Bloomington South was undefeated and number one with Jordan Hulls. 
nice. and they they extended all like you know usually just the lower section the chairs were out but you could tell yeah. it was massive and for that one they brought all the stands forward and it was packed like i did not have a like press area seat for that but i was covering it i had to sit in the stands tightened in with my little notebook like writing notes and uh, i think they played new albany and bloomington south obviously won and and went on but i i love that seymour gym it's enormous but yeah. Wait, Ryan, Clint is inviting you to L.A. so you can go out to Manhattan Beach and get some ladies. Look, Clint, I love Sharkies as much as anybody in Manhattan Beach, but uh, la- ladies aren't the issue. We just don't talk about, about what's going on there. So <laughs> eventually right, you guys will all hear, but it's it's just we keep that. We, will, we will bring that. We'll bring that question back. Yes. Um, OK, this one from. And by the way, there were a bunch of questions submitted about the team. Uh, we're going to hold off on those. Um, and because we'll end up basically covering them in the Minnesota game and in the future shows. So, okay. Uh, let's get, let's get through a few of these from Mark. What is your favorite sports moment you have seen live and in person that is not an IU moment? You go first. Well, there's two that immediately come to mind for me. Uh, one is going to the Super Bowl when my dad was a scout for the 49ers. Oh, nice. Yeah. When they played the Ravens, that was really fun. Oh, you were, that's um, right. You were there. Yeah, We were there. I watched the Indiana, Michigan game. When it was like one versus two, you know, when Hollis threw the alley-oop to Victor, that if he had gotten it, the, the roof would have blown off. I watched that on the treadmill at the hotel in New Orleans. Uh, so we were there like in the stadium when the like the power went out. Remember that? When it was like they oh, yeah. had to halt the game for like 45 minutes. And it was so was weird. Being, it, yeah. it was weird being in the stadium because you had no idea like what was going on, really. Um, so anyway, but it was really cool because they had like a little reception and party, um, you know, the night before. And so all of those awesome 49ers from that team, Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, all those guys were there. So it was cool just to get to kind of meet them and hang out. And then another one that's kind of underrated and I hadn't thought about it until just now when I read Mark's question, my dad and I went to a White Sox game, uh, and I don't even remember the year. But we went we went to the White Sox game and we're driving up. There's a White Sox Yankees game. I'm a big White Sox fan. My dad's always like the Yankees. And so we go up there and we're kind of looking at the you know the pitching matchups for that day. And I don't remember who was pitching for Chicago, but the starting pitcher for New York was this rookie named Mariano Rivera. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he was awesome that day. And we're like, Whatever happened heck, to that guy? Who the heck is this guy? It's easy to forget he came up as a starter. And I don't I don't know if it was his first start, but it was very, very early in his career, and he was great. Um, so it was kind of cool watching the rest of his career play out and knowing that, you know, we were, we were there for one of his first starts. So that was a cool I, one. It was cool because I got to go with my dad. I think mine is, I mean, there are so many, I, I, I've been in a lot of bad losses. I, I will say like, you know, Padres, bad losses, IU bad losses. I, I will say my favorite IU game, uh, you know, like I was at the Duke IU, you know, game. I was covering that in college and that was just such the most incredible atmosphere. Yeah, you guys oh. don't know that story. Okay, I'll start. Um, no. So Marco Killingsworth, <laughs> no, um, but but I was, you know, I mean that was just an amazing atmosphere, and they lost. It doesn't mean it wasn't a great game, but they lost. Um, and then I, I, my favorite IU game that I've been to though was the Purdue win that we were there for the um, meetup last year. Yep. Uh, the the bucket at the end, the dunk at the end, like that. That's my favorite IU game I've ever been to. Um, as far as personally, uh, 1998, the Padres made the World Series. Um, and the two, uh, one of the games, which is national, the NLCS against the Dodgers or, or against the, the Braves, I'm sorry, um, I went to and they lost. 
But I went to uh, the division series against Houston and Qualcomm Stadium. I don't know if you guys know anything about that stadium before they demolished it, but it was like 80,000 people and it was packed for yeah. baseball. Like baseball, usually it got out like 30,000, like a solid 30 to 50,000 solid crowd for a baseball game. But they, for the playoffs, they filled in the entire bowl. And so it was a football atmosphere for a baseball game. And my parents had season tickets and took me and we went to game three and the Padres beat the Astros two to one. It was the loudest I have ever heard a stadium in my entire life because it was wow. 80,000 people cheering for the same thing. And the Padres were not supposed to win that series. The Astros had just gotten Randy Johnson and they had Billy Wagner and they had Jeff Bagwell and Biggio and all these guys. And the Padres were just Tony Gwynn and I guess Ken Caminiti, Greg Vaughn, you know, but not, not what the Astros had. And I remember that whole way on that series. Then they played the Braves and they played the Braves and we went and they lost sadly, but the atmosphere was crazy. Uh, and everybody wanted it to be Braves Yankees in that World Series, and they upset the Braves. And then they went to the World Series and they played the Yankees, who are the 1998 Yankees are one of the great baseball teams of all time. Speaking of Mariano Rivera, and they swept the Padres for nothing, you know. But it was every game was kind of close, and they were almost there. But that division series game, I have never been in an atmosphere like that. It was the second you walk in the stadium, you know, people were there 45 minutes early. And yeah. and people talk about Southern California just not being intense, but when when teams are good in Southern California, the fan base is amazing in places like this because they're so starved for it. And so just being there for that, such an intense feeling, um, was amazing. And the other one I have, other that is not IU basketball, it's IU soccer. My senior year, we used to go to the soccer games all the time because IU was back uh, back to back defending national champions. They won two while I was there. And it was 2006. They had a really good team, a lot of talented players. They had struggled early, but they kind of found their footing and they were playing undefeated Akron, who was like something like 16 and 0 or 15 and 0 or something like that. Yeah. And Indiana won in overtime and scored a goal. It was Brian Plotkin, I believe, scored the goal, if I remember correctly. And everybody rushed the field. It was packed. They had the like 20 guys from the marching hundred there, guys and girls from the marching hundred there playing the whole game. And they scored a goal in overtime and everybody rushed. the only time I've ever rushed the court or field like, you know, and, and that was so much fun. And we're jumping on the players and it was, it was just so great. It was such a college thing. Like it's yeah. soccer at a, at a college campus. And we are on the, like sprinting on the field mid like November or whatever it was, freezing our asses off, but everybody's like partying together for that. So those are my two big ones, um, I think. And then, you know, the Duke game was amazing for me. And I always bring it up. And the reason why it was amazing for me was IU had been down for so long. And the crowds, I had always heard about the crowds at Indiana. And they had never, I think for my junior year, they played UNC and Sean May was coming back to Indiana. And that was a live crowd, but still... They never had a chance against that team. That team was unbelievable, went on to win the national title. But against Duke, it felt like they had a chance. And that crowd was, it was the most like college crowd I've ever been a part of to this day. Yeah. And that's why I always bring that up. It was one of those moments where I was like, oh, this is what people talk about when they talk <laughs> about Indiana. Yeah. So when you guys talk about Indiana, I got to experience it that time. And so that's why I always bring that up and why it's such a, a, a great memory for me. Well, and speaking of, if we talk about IU memories, it's really fun reading the chat because you see this from Joel who says, I was at the IU game and we beat the Fab Five. 
Hall was rocking. I can't imagine that. Oh, man. Mike Weemuth, host of the new show, X's and Joe's, was at that game, too. As he recalls, Brian Evans hit a three to cap the late run. He said he had a sound migraine after that shot. I was at that game, too. My favorite IU basketball memory is seeing Calvert break the scoring record. I'm sure, at those Being at those Fab Five games, though, I mean, you know, Chronic talked about, like, the energy in the hall the day that Bob Knight threw the chair. Uh, And as Joel said in a subsequent tweet, IU fans hated the Fab Five. And I mean, it was brutal in there. I still, I distinctly have this memory of Chris Webber dunking and hanging on the rim and getting booed louder than I've ever heard someone get booed. I don't recall if he got a technical or not, but he was kind of, he was hanging around the rim, but all that matters is Indiana beat him. Indiana went three and one against the Fab Five, uh, actually. Didn't go as far as them in the tournament. Um, but I will say against those guys, but th- those were fun games because it was just I can't the atmosphere imagine. was so charged because it was so like a clash of cultures. Of you course. know, the Michigan basketball culture and the IU basketball culture. And it's that in, and, and I, I will say from an outsider perspective, because I grew up here, obviously, like I was a basketball player and we thought the Fab Five were so damn cool, like so damn cool. But honestly, in the, in the you know, as a, as a kid who was a fundamental player and a shooter and a defender, Indiana was kind of my North star, but I loved like we all wore our shorts, like the fab five, all of us. And we all wore our uniforms like them and that carried on and they were so impactful, you know? And uh, like, it's, it is crazy to think about that. And I watched them play so much that year. I'm sure I watched them play Indiana, but I, you know, I can't imagine being there and and Joel just said like IU fans hated the shorts. Everybody else loved them. Like it was like a changing of the guard, you know, totally. in basketball. And and God, they were so. It's so funny because they didn't win a title, but they're one of the most impactful teams ever. Like those two years. I mean, they played guys. for two of them, and they did go on those tournament runs, which oh for sure they were helped um, a ton. But they were amazing. But it you know it's one of those things where it's so. Like, you know, it really was a changing of the guard in college basketball. And um, somebody else mentioned the watch shot. Um, I had I had tickets or I didn't have tickets. I was offered a ticket to that game and I had made a previous commitment so I couldn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Better, I know. Better been, better been a good weekend. In that I know. <laughs> I know. Trust me. This is AC after dark, right? So, yeah, you're dating somebody. You make concessions. And that was one of them. You do. And the bottle just dropped. No, that wasn't the bottle. That was that was uh, oh, uh, water. Okay. The bottle is safe. Good. Yeah. Um, all right, let's hit a couple more of these. So here's just a fun one from Troy. Congrats on four digits, folks. What IU thousand point score would you least like to guard in a game? And I clarified what he meant. He said, "Who would make you schedule a chiropractor appointment immediately after?" So it's not like you know. Yeah, it's basically who you think would just tear you up the most, who you'd have the most difficulty with. Uh, it was easy that for I've me. Seen? That yeah, I've any, seen? Any, th- any thousand point score. Let me see. I'm looking up the list right now. I mean, Yogi would be really tough to guard just because of his quickness. I mean, Yogi had, as he showed in the NBA, he had one of the best first steps that we've seen at Indiana and first step is what screws you when you're a defender. Uh, but, I think, okay, AJ, but, but is guarding uh, Yogi going to take you to the chiropractor? Cause he would just shoot shots over you. And well, do you mean, really uh, what does he mean by you? chiropractor? Like, like turn you into, I'm thinking turn you into a pretzel is the chiropractor. Well, thing. that AJ, okay, that Guyton, AJ see, Guyton. I, see, I said Troy Williams because I would have no chance to guard him. He well, would just drive by me and dunk past me or over me. 
Yeah. So that's the one that would really terrify that's, me. <laughs> I, I think that, that would, okay, that'd be scary because you'd wind up on some pretty bad posters. But, yes. um, but I would say, I would say, you know, if we're talking about just really toughest to guard that I've seen, because I didn't watch Don Schlunt play basketball. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, I would say, I would say AJ Guyton, Yogi, um, man. Uh, Yogi would do this thing and, and we love doc Libby speaking about the history of the show. You know, she was, she was a big part of our early success. Um, but he would just bounce in and out of things and drive by people. And I, so Yogi's my answer. Cause I, I think it would just be, you'd be so at the end of the game, you'd be so worn out from going in, out, back, sideways, whatever. Um, and I think he's, Oh, go ahead. Well, someone said Brian Evans, which would be an interesting one. Because, you know, the thing with guarding Brian Evans would be you would look at him and be like, wait, I might be able to take this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, then, and then he would just shoot over you and dunk over you and, yeah. you know, pass around you and bitch about the state of the team. And like, so it would be, it would be a no, very, and like, very and like, difficult session and basketball. Like, Calbert would be impossible to guard, but he'd leave you in the dust so much that it just wouldn't even matter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's you just kind of be like, oh, I, I'm not even tired. He just, he just killed me. Yeah. But yeah, I would say, I would say Yogi, at least from, you know, I, I started watching IU in, in 2003 when I went there. I mean, regularly, I obviously watched him growing up, but I I would say Yogi would be the toughest to guard because he could do so many different things and, and would make you look foolish all the time. Yep. Um, okay, let's hit a couple more. And then sure, I got plenty go. of time. I gotta, I gotta make my daughter's lunch for tomorrow. I just remembered. Um, I know these are the things. don't have those problems. No. <laughs> um, okay, here's from Matthew Rice. Which Big Ten school do you guys dislike the least? The least. Mm, you go first. I gotta think about this. All right. Oh, I got. One. So there was a while there. It's it's gone now, but there was a while there. When I, I wouldn't say I liked Michigan State, but I really respected Michigan State. And there were a lot of their players like Draymond Green and Cassius Winston and just guys that I really, really appreciated their games. And so I would kind of find myself like watching them and rooting for them. I've really grown kind of disillusioned with Izzo a little bit the last few years, and that's kind of fallen away. So I, that wouldn't um, – they're kind of lumped in with everybody else now. I would say for me, in terms of dislike the least, it's really just like probably like Minnesota and Nebraska, just because I don't really think about them. Um, so I'm just kind of indifferent to them. The other ones I have like real active kind of hatreds and, and grievances against. Sure. Um, but those, you know, and even Penn state, I mean, just because the way they've beaten us the last few years, I've, I've grown to dislike them, but you know, Minnesota, I just don't, well, I see, I say that. And then I think about my childhood memories of the barn. I don't know. I dislike them all. So yeah, maybe maybe Nebraska, just because they're the newest. Um, they've been relatively dormant, but they also Not for just much longer. Our butt. I know they also just kicked our butt, and so now I have reason to dislike them. I feel like this is a trick question. But how do you feel about Oregon, Washington, UCLA? <laughs> yeah, okay, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, it's 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 always been Penn State. My brother-in-law went to Penn State. I know they've had their issues. Trust me, I you know, and I'm on board with everybody wanting them erased for the issues that went on there. But I grew up a Penn State fan. I, you know, my dad's from Pennsylvania. Grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh, I loved the the white uniforms in football. You know, they have one of the best uniforms in in all of college sports. Is that is that football uniform? I think them like us. They have whiteouts at night. 
That's it's awesome amazing. Scene. And so, cool you know, removing the the awfulness that went on there, I've always had a soft spot for Penn State because I've I've always liked the way that they've their their program has been and things like that. I, I do think that Penn State, USC, and UCLA, three of the best uniforms in college sports, are all going to be in the Big Ten next year. I like USC and UCLA both wearing their home uniforms when they play each other is one of the best traditions in college sports. It's because they're both such clean, awesome, traditional uniforms. Yeah. Uh, they don't do the Oregon thing where they have 4,000 uniforms and all that stuff. Um, and Penn state is, I, I cannot wait. Penn state and USC play each other in a Rose bowl a few years ago. And I was just like, that is, that's college football right there. Those uniforms, that is college football. So um, I've always had kind of had a soft spot for Penn state. Um, Otherwise, you know, it's the teams I hate the least, like you said, with Nebraska and Minnesota. And, you know, I don't even consider Maryland part of the Big Ten really oh, at this yeah, point. Maryland. You know, it's so I, yeah. you know, but if you're going They're with the traditional. Though, so I dislike them. They are. Much. No, I agree. But if you're going with the traditional, I would say Penn State. And it's funny because, you know, all the teams that have been added to the Big Ten over the years, Penn State feels like a Big Ten team. It doesn't yes. feel like, well, that was an independent team that got lumped in. The rest, you know, even Nebraska. It took a little while, but I agree. I, I almost, I have to be reminded sometimes that Penn State. Yeah, wasn't Nebraska kind of feels Big Ten ish. Um, but Maryland and Rutgers don't feel like Big Ten teams. Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA do not feel like Big Ten teams. So it's, no. it, I, I, but I will say Penn State does feel like a traditional Big Ten team. So interesting quote from Dominic here. He says, Ryan, surprisingly traditionalist. No, he respects all other schools' traditions. Ours, it's ours he wants to bulldoze. No, no, no. That's I respect, I respect the traditions. I think the arena needs to be bulldozed, raised to the ground and burned and, and made into a new one. That's all. It's the only place we can win games, Ryan, and you want to you want to tear it down. What? <laughs> they, I, I'm pretty sure they won games before that no, arena existed. I know. I'm kidding. Um, okay, a couple more. Okay, I really like this one from Jamie. What are your highest highs and lowest lows on post game shows? Hmm. What? Uh, all time? What do we? Like I, my, my lowest low, my lowest low was the Syracuse game was when Indiana lost to Syracuse. I watched that. I was living in Milwaukee at the time, which dark days indeed. Um, you know, 10, 10 straight days of negative five will change your perspective on life. Um, but I was, I was watching it. There was a bar down the street around the corner and everybody there, I'd gotten to know everybody there. I would work from there at lunch. And so everybody in the bar knew me and knew Indiana was playing. So they put every television. It was, it was March madness with a bunch of other games going on. And they put every television in the place on the IU Syracuse game. Cause they loved me. And we were, we were watching that game and seeing IU lose. They asked me like, are you okay? And they knew I did the show and they knew I was from Indiana and all and that. You're like, so yes, start- I predicted this two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I did. And that was the worst feeling in the world, but they started putting a few TVs to other things because that wasn't even a close game guys. And I remember walking home, you guys were doing the show and I called in from my phone That's right. and I walked, it was so cold out at that point. I walked into the mall across the street and just sat down and it was an empty mall, but the doors were always open. And I literally sat down on the floor and called into the game. And I, 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 I was so upset because that was my favorite team, maybe that I had ever followed. And to see them lose, like that was, I literally was sitting 
on the floor up against a window in a mall calling you guys to be like i this is this is so sad i'm so sad right now yeah um that's the highs honestly the most fun i've had doing a post game show i don't know i'll have to think about that go with your lowest and i'll think of my highest yeah i mean you know to me there's really there's kind of two categories of lowest one is the one that you talked about when it's just when it's the last time that you're going to see a team that you love or players that you love yeah that was you know that that's always that's always kind of hard now I don't consider it the lowest of the low because it's still a team you appreciated and you probably at least enjoyed the experience of watching. Totally. It. To me, the lowest lows are when the team plays terrible at home. That's, you know, I, I saw a tweet earlier today. Someone, uh, you know, sent out about Indiana winning their 50th straight game at home in 1994. Like my formidable IU basketball years, we never lost at home. Like yeah. never. Like you just didn't. It wasn't in the question and it was just some kind of crazy occurrence if it did happen so when we play bad at home and the three games that come to mind immediately and certainly Woody's had his share but the Nebraska and Michigan losses in Romeo's year at the beginning of that 12 yeah. out of 13 streak were awful but the worst one do you remember what the worst one was the Purdue game when we came back for the meetup when coach Knight oh came back, god yeah how bad they played I I agree with you on the game but we had so much fun that night right that I think right. it buoyed me, and I don't think of that as a negative. But you're right; you're absolutely right. And, and we didn't do a post game show for that one. Or wait, yeah, oh, I did. guess we did. Oh, we did a we live post game show. Jeez. We did a live post game show, and players came after. A disaster. That's right. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so that to me is the lowest low. The highest highs for me. I mean, you know, obviously like big wins and wins over rivals and stuff. But what means the most to me are seeing a guy that we've gone through struggles with experience a big triumph that leads to a win. Like I think probably the most fun and most excited I've ever been for a post game show is after Rob Finnessy beat Purdue. Oh, that's there good. was just so much emotion there and pent up frustration and to break that streak, but not just to break it, but to have this guy who had struggled so much and then rose to the occasion against his hometown team. It was just incredible. Um, you know, I think about Yogi hitting the three pointer to beat Iowa, because if you recall, he'd had a couple other game winning shots his junior and senior year that he'd missed. I think a couple against Maryland. And so for him to hit that one, you know, and win the Big Ten was awesome. Um, you know, and then just really the whole experience of Trace just like fully realizing his potential. Yeah. You that when you see the guys who have been there for three or four years, you've gone through ups and downs with them, and then you get to experience those highs. That's the that's the best part for me in a post game show. Because I, I, I mean, obviously you've won the game probably, and so there's just something extra there to celebrate. So two I can think of. Um I think Yogi's progression throughout the program we've talked about that is like high and then two years of really low and then winning a, a conference title where he's the guy and and we know that that yogi kind of struggled through his time at iu and stuck around and was you know came back as a senior year and the step back three he hit at iowa you know to give them the outright big 10 title and Tire I, like i mean you know that is how you're a champion um that that's one for me the other is when they also by the way that whole locker room speech by kareen was awesome it is that was that was one of his best moments like (laughs) you can talk like there kareen certainly had his warts but he was good in big moments i was in the room when he got hired i was in the room sitting next to rick bozich by the way and covering that for the columbus republic and i remember 
I turned to Rick after that press conference and I was like, you know, I think Crean's a good coach, but we'll see where this goes. And after that press conference, I turned to Rick and I tapped him on the show. I'm like, well, I'm sold. You know, I mean, he's just, he was good at, at the things he was really good at. And that was one of them is, is captivating an audience. Um, his speech in that was phenomenal. His speech at every, you know, who's your hysteria, his speech, at, you know, during senior, uh, uh, nights was always great. But I would say that that the Yogi step back three to win that, you know, the got them all. That call yeah. was fantastic. Was Tirico, that Tariko? Right? Yeah, it was yeah. Tariko. Um, and I just remember being so happy. There is a video that they played at their senior day about that senior group that still to this day gets me emotional. If you go back and watch it, it pops up my in my Facebook timeline every year and it gets me emotional. Yeah. But I would say I think that the the that game and then when they beat Kentucky in the tournament were probably my two favorite shows oh, we did. That was that was that so was much so fun, fun yes. you know, because that matchup was very like neither team was an elite, you know, top, you know, ten team, but they really matched up well against each other. It was like Jamal Murray and Tyus, you know, or what was his name, OG Tyus Jones, yeah, OG Ananobi. Uh, Thomas Bryant, you know, Troy Williams, uh, Yogi, like it was just such a fun yeah. game and Indiana coming out ahead was, was, was so great. And so that, I think that's my favorite one. Yeah. I mean, there, gosh, there's so many when you start, when you start going through it, there've been so many. Euless. I'm sorry. Tyler Euless. Tyler Euless. Yeah, that's right. Jones was at, uh, Duke. Okay. Let's hit a couple more of these. Maybe we'll do this as the last one. Ryan, um, cause this would be a good one to end on. And then we're going to save all these and we'll either do a separate, um, you know, episode where we answer all these or we'll work them in on assembly call radio as we move forward. Really appreciate all the questions. We just kind of ended up going a little bit long tonight. Um, from Mitchell, Ryan, what has been the most important thing that you've learned along your journey with the assembly call podcast related or not? Um, people are going to be shocked by this, but, uh, not to let my emotions get me carried away. Um, I think that when I started, I think that my whole thing was straight in, whatever you're thinking, just, just blurt it out. And I think that I heard from people within the first few years, cause you don't realize like when you do this again, we're talking into a camera that is attached to a small thing. And it's just right now it's just Jared and I, and I'm just talking to Jared and you don't think about this going out into the world. And I think we've, we've gathered a, a greater perspective for that over the years. Um, I've had players, parents and family members reach out to me when I've said things. And I realized that, you know, these are real people we're talking about and these are the coaches, the players, whatever, these are real people. And, um, I think that's been in my entire sports career. That's been a thing I've learned is that, you know, you don't go after people, you go after performances, you go after certain things that have happened and things like that, but you don't, you realize that in the grand scheme of things, basketball is a game and it's trivial, no matter how much it means to us, it's trivial. Um, these are real people who have real lives and have real things going on that may not be associated with basketball. And you don't know what's going on in their personal life that causes them to do certain things on the court. And so I think the biggest lesson I've learned is one that this, the things you say, uh, reach people and 
two, that those are real people and they have real things going on. And so I always try and temper while I know my role on the show is to be the emotional after the show. You know, Jared's role is to be the reasonable one. Andy's is to be the analytical one, um, typically. Um, but you know, in general, that's kind of the thing is that that's why we work is we all kind of fill a different role. And that's why when people meet me in person, they're like, you're not like what you're like on the show. It's like, well, yeah, cause I'm a fully formed person. I'm not a, I'm not a character. Um, but you are I, when but you start I, talking sports though, as soon yeah, as you start talking sports, I mean, you are how it's, you are on the show. It's true. I'm not, no, this, and this isn't fake. Like this is a version of me. This is what I think. But also that, you know, these, these are, these are people and that we're covering people. And, um, I think that's been a big part of it. And the other one is, you know, I think that even though you don't realize it, that, that this does touch people and affect people and, and, and in a good for good or bad. And I always go back to, I think it was the first year we met, I think it was 2016, you, Andy and I we're standing on the court at assembly hall and we were watching warmups and we were just talking just the three of us. Maybe it might've been 2017, might've been our second meetup. Yeah. And we were just standing on the court talking, you know, just watching guys warm up, you know, whatever. And somebody came up to us and I believe it was Lee Butler came up to us yeah, and said, Hey guys, I, I watch you all the time. I love your show. And he just wanted to shake our hands. He's like, Hey, by the way, you know, at halftime, they're going to show a picture of me because I've been a season ticket holder for 50 years. And Lee's amazing. And yeah. we're, we love having him. Um, and we were talking to him for a little bit and I looked over and there was a line of people behind him waiting to talk to us. And he walked away and the next person said, Hey guys, I love your show. And that was the first time I think I realized, oh shit, we have a responsibility to an audience because there are actually people who listen to us and take what we say seriously or not seriously and enjoy it. And so those are the two things I've taken with me is, is one, the people we cover are actual fully formed human beings. And two, you know, what you say impacts an audience and showing up for them is really, really important because they you know, may not rely on you, but they're there to listen to what you have to say. So those are the two things I've picked up and I've carried that into my professional life as, as well. And I've tried to maybe tamp down some of the things I've said and try and be, you know, responsible in that way. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Um, yeah, I guess I would say there's really two things that stand out for me. You know, one is about the value of sports in just our lives. You know, I grew up with sports. Obviously my dad, you know, was a football coach and my mom is just like a raging football fan. So sports was everything. It wasn't really a choice that I made. It was just what I was born into. And after I graduated from IU, I moved to Florida, you know, took a few jobs and ended up moving back to Indiana a couple years later. And it was really kind of my sports dark period, you know, cause there was a part of it that was like, why am I investing so much time into sports? Like why, like I still kind of liked them, but I, I don't know, like the importance of them, the meaning of them had was kind of lost on me. And I think what I've learned the most since, you know, starting Midwest sports fans and then starting the assembly call and not just, you know, hosting the show and talking about sports, but, you know, seeing the impact that it has on a community and how it brings people together. And, you know, I think really, you know, it's been really interesting what ha- what's happened over the 12 years that we've been doing the show as, you know, technology has proliferated more and different societal trends have happened. People are lonelier. 
in their lives. And one of the great things that sports does, and one of the reasons why I feel such a responsibility, you know, to to do the show for our small little corner of the world, is we have this really special thing that people come together over. You know, and the subject that we talk about is college basketball and Indiana Hoosiers that we love. But I think the reasons why everybody keeps coming back, at least, you know, the people who are here now at 1030, you know, when we're not even talking about basketball and who come to the meetups are because we know each other and we have connections. And it's, you know, even though they're virtual, they're still really meaningful. And so, you know, this shared interest in sports is what brought us together, but then allowed us to to get to know each other in other ways and have these, you know, additional relationships. I mean, with you guys here on the show, with the audience members. And so I think even more so moving forward, sports are going to play a really critical role in being a lifeline for people and being an organizing principle that brings people together in a society that so consistently wants to pull us apart. Um, and so I've really gained an appreciation for that, which really goes into the next thing that, you know, that I've learned, uh, which is just, you know, the, the, the power and impact of relationships, you know, and specifically, you know, just, you know, one-on-one interpersonal relationships, especially in the context of kind of, you know, quote unquote, building an audience, which is what we do here. And is one of the things that, you know, that I, uh, you know, teach people how to do in the, in the coaching program that I'm a part of for my day job. And, you know, initially it was all about, okay, you know, get to build an audience and get people on an email list and drive the numbers, but actually doing it, you realize, no, it's about how many one-on-one brick by brick actual relationships can you build? How many people in your audience do you actually know? How many people have you met? How many have you shaken hands with? How many have you responded to an email and, and really connected with? And that, I mean, that's why we still do this. You know, if we didn't feel that connection, the the passion to do this would have waned long ago. And so, you know, just, I mean, to me, that's, that's what I've learned. It comes back to people. Everything always comes back to people and interacting with people and building relationships with people. Um, and so I just, I feel really fortunate that we've been able to do that with this show. Um, and it, it's I, just, it reminds me of it over and over and over again. There's, there's two things I want to add to that. One, it's that I, I think like art, music, you know, great art, great music, great film, sports brings people together. And, and, and whether we agree or disagree, we can have discourse over it. And it's, it's people who speak different languages, live different places, have different political backgrounds, can enjoy the same thing. And, you know, that's more important than ever at this point of our world. And, it, and it's just, it's staggering how sports seems so trivial on the surface. And look, it's my day job. Like, that's what I do for a living. And I realize it can seem trivial on the surface, but it definitely brings people together and it, it creates a community. And the, uh, the last thing I'll say is it was very funny at the 2022 meetup. Um, we had a bunch of players. We gave a bunch of raffle things away. And my best friend, uh, my two best friends were there. One of them has known me since second grade, since I was seven years old. And uh, one of our audience members, and again, we don't get to see the impact of an audience because we don't live in Bloomington. Uh, one of our audience members, I don't remember who it was. I wish I did at this point, but uh, was so wonderful. And he won a piece of the floor as a raffle and he wanted the players to autograph one side and he wanted the rest, the, the guys on the show to autograph the other. And he asked me for an autograph as I'm standing next to my friend who has known me since I was seven years old. <laughs> and I signed That's it. Awesome. 
And he's standing behind the guy with his arms crossed, just like looking at me puzzled and just like, and this guy is a lawyer. He's, you know, a very accomplished man. And I sign it and I'm puzzled too, but I sign it and say, yeah, I'll get you a course. Yeah. You know, and he, he walks up to me. He's like, Hey man, um, I love you. I don't get it. And I was like, Jeremy, I don't get it either, brother. I don't get it. You know? Um, but the fact that people feel like they can, you know, come to us and, and, and they feel close to us and feel like this is this show that we've created that had 10 listeners for the first two years, you know, a show, um, it means something to them. It means everything to us guys. We talk about it all the time and it's, uh, it's something that this is like assembly call is so special to me. I know it's special to Jared. I know it's special to Andy and I know it's special to coach. And I've created through this three friends that, you know, will be in my wedding someday. If I ever get married, and yes. let's, let's be real. That's dicey. It's dicey whether or not that'll happen. Um, but now, you will know, there and, be a reception or we just go straight to like the wedding post game show and we'll just, we, like, we got to do a wedding. You guys are going to have to have a booth to discuss the wedding. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, you guys will be set up on the side and you can just critique everything and I'll be, you know, I'll pop in and say hi from my phone, but it's, you know, um, but no, I mean this, this is it, it, when you guys are on this show or are watching the show or whatever, just know how precious and special this is to us. It means so much to us. And we have, we have felt that way for a long time and it only continues to get bigger and, we, you know, more people join and more people get involved and all of you are so incredibly special to us. So thank you so much for everything you've done uh, for us over the years. And I know people are saying, thank you guys for doing this. No, no, no. You guys do it for us. You guys make this special for us. Yeah. You know, one of, uh, one of my fears, you know, as, as we continue to grow any audience, when it continues to grow, it can be a lot more difficult for the people who host the show to kind of stay connected on that one-on-one level with everybody, you know, when there's, when the numbers just get so big. Um, and we're not at that point yet and I'm, I'm glad. Um, but we always appreciate all the emails that we get. I mean, we, you know, you guys send us emails often or tweets or whatever. Um, we read about, them all by yeah, the way. about how you watch the show or, or, you know, what it's meant to you and, and all those things. And please never hesitate if you feel that. I mean, we love, we love reading that. Um, Even and, if and they're again, negative, we listen and we read and we want that feedback. Please, yeah. You know, and I, and I just go back to you know when we when we started the show. So we started the show in 2011. This was before I had met Heather. Um, you know, I was living in an apartment on my own and watching all these you know games with Tom Crane that were losing, and you know, it was just me and my dog for the most part. I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really know that many people in my apartment complex. And so I'm just watching these games and they end and there's, you know, really nothing to do afterwards. And I think about that a lot when I think about the show, because one of the reasons I was motivated to start it, one of the reasons I got the idea was, well, there's probably a lot of other people like me out there. We should have a place to go after the games, you know, to just hang out and talk and do stuff. Um, you know, and so I know, cause a lot of people have emailed me that, you know, this show and especially the live portions is a lifeline for IU fans who may be away from Bloomington, away from Indiana, uh, and not, you don't have a whole lot of other IU fans, you know, in your daily life. 
we are your place. <laughs> we, we are the place for you, you know, and, uh, and we always want to be that. Um, and that, that to me is a real motivating factor, uh, in continuing to do the show and trying to put so much into making it good, um, is just, you know, remembering me back at my apartment by myself, just wanting a connection, uh, with another fan, you know? And so to the extent that we can do that, that is what we consider success. Um, and so far so good for a thousand episodes and here's to a thousand more, maybe 1613 more. (laughs) I'm in. Let's do it. Um, all right. I think there's only one way to end this show, Ryan, and that is by playing Bob Thompson's song one more time. We're not even going to say anything after. I'm just going to hit end stream after that. Uh, but before we do that, uh, sincere thanks to everybody who's still here. We've been going for two and a half hours. Uh, there's still a lot of you here. We really appreciate it. I mean, just, I mean, beyond even words uh, that y'all are here live, it really does mean a ton to us. Um, come, please, all of fun. you, please, all of you come February 3rd. We do our live show at Upstairs. We want to see you. We want to interact with you. It's It's going to be a different show. Uh, we will have time to meet everybody. Please, please come. We would love to see you in person. Even if you're on the fence about coming to, if you, if you don't have tickets, just come down and hang out with us. We would love to see you. We're not charging anything. Just come say hi. Like that's what we want. We want to inter- meet you in person and create that personal connection. It's the whole point of this show. So please come see us. Yeah. You know, we'll do stuff. We'll have shows. We'll have some different yes. uh, guests there, that kind of thing. But I mean, the real, well, really, what we really enjoy is when that's over, we can go out and mingle and, yes. and talk and meet you all one-on-one. Um, so yeah, if you can come, that would be fantastic. Amazing. And yeah. We, we always, we just, we love those opportunities. Um, okay. Coming up tomorrow, post-game show, IU Minnesota. Hopefully it's a victorious one. I'll be there. Andy will be there and we'll see. You can't be there. I can't be um, there. But we'll see. Uh, hopefully that can be a game that gets us back on track. All right. <clears throat> Let's play this one more time, Bob Thompson, to play us out here for our thousandth episode, the only appropriate way to end this episode, 1000th Podcast. The mics are hot, the hosts appear, and even if it's late, the chat mobs here and when we hear that William tell no matter when or lose we know all is well 1000th podcast of assembly call 1000th podcast let's toast the 1000th podcast a treat for us all crush on Archie Miller. I will follow this team through the pit of hell. Noah was on a two-year plan. Here I come, Coach Fife! I have plenty of problems with Steve Alford. Jeremiah April is real. Will Kevin Durant play shooting guard? I should have Evan Fitzner play shooting guard. I've been involved in poop explosions plenty of them. The 1000th Podcast after 15 years The 1000th Podcast It's true The 1000th Podcast through laughter and tears. One thousand podcasts.
fans to another victorious episode of the assembly call as tonight your indiana hoosier